Let's go. Yeah, we are back. Bingetown TV is back covering season two of The Boys and what will be the final time, actually, because uh, we're chatting episode eight titled What I Know, season finale. So this finale was fucking amazing. I had written absolutely incredible in my notes, but that doesn't even do it justice. It was fucking amazing. Uh, gave us some nice reunions. Uh, we had a painful parting. We got some nice shit talking on Fresca and a whole lot more. So we got producer Dave and Paul. What are our overall thoughts? Up, dog. No, that's my thing. <laughs> um, up, dog, guys. Um, I overall, I mean, season finale is the season finale. It It's painful now that I have to wait another God knows how long, like a year at least. But as of right now, I'm definitely satisfied with the season finale. I just wish that we could get season three now. Yeah, I mean, it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. <laughs> it's the worst of times. But it was insane. I actually felt bad watching it with my girlfriend because I wouldn't shut up and she told me to shut up at one point because <laughs> I was so excited. Sorry, Emily. <laughs> um, it, I just, I was sitting on the edge of my couch the entire time and I was so plugged. It didn't feel like an hour. It was amazing. And yeah, I think I was laying down for the episode. I wasn't actually laying down. Like as soon as the episode started, we got a few minutes in. I was like sitting upright. I was like, I can't just relax during this episode. My mistake is that I always watch them like super late. Yep. And then I'm just yep. like amped the fuck up and I don't end up going to bed until like way too late. That was me last night for work this morning. So that was kind of rough, but well worth it, honestly. Was last night the first time you saw it? Yeah, it was the first time. It was the only time I was able to see it. Damn, bro, you waited all weekend. That's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of the waiting too, I, I think that the uh, the initial three episode dump and then the weekly, I think it actually worked out. It was really weird when they announced it, but I liked it. No, I think so too. I think it was perfect. Uh, it was enough to let people binge and get hooked exactly and then kept them on the hook until the next week because i mean the viewing numbers on those fridays where they get released they were just blowing up so i mean i think it was a perfect strategy and i i actually didn't mind it just waiting five weeks i mean it was either they all come out at once or they come one by one week by week and it's like honestly i like doing it half and half because it gives you a taste of what's to come and then you know it'll it won't be over that quickly. Just marinate. Yeah, exactly. We got, we got yeah, and it just makes Friday that much better. Oh yep. my God, yeah. Exactly. The boys Friday. You know, Friday's, yeah, Friday's paydays. We usually get one piece chapters. We haven't had one of those in a while though, so it's yeah. really been filling that void in my life. Yep. All right, should we jump into it? Let's do it. All right, so we get the opening scene is actually a instructive video for in case a supervillain attack is going on a supervillain is on your campus. What do you do? And Homelander jumps in and he says, just follow the law, which is first lock the door and then A, arm yourself. Every teacher, Every teacher yeah. has a registered firearm. So get your gun out. <laughs> Could America learn from this? Yeah. Did they do this in real life? Do they? I don't yeah, remember. it's a real thing. Was that a thing when we were in school? Not like there was at Marple, but say, <laughs> across the country, yeah. Nowadays, it makes sense, but yeah. And a, then the W was wait. So wait for a superhero. Yeah. So we're getting these supervillain safety videos now, which is just insane. And I, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Just completely satirical of the real world, and this is like basically what happens. Mm. I mean, yeah. There's 
been like studies done. I think it's 95% of American K through 12 schools have active shooter drills. Mm-hmm. That's wild. So this is like, I mean, this is 100% a real thing. And yeah, the, the guns in the classroom, um, it became a big thing in 2018 after the Parkland shooting in Florida. They had to like pass a bunch of like government bills. I think Florida did pass like a huge bill to fund like uh, firearms and firearms training for teachers. And the teachers were kind of like, eh, yeah, they, we don't really want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, the active shooter drills themselves have a lot of uh, like blowback to them. They've, they've done a bunch of research. I was reading about it cause I was interested and like they use rubber ammo on teachers sometimes. Like they've hired strangers with masks and not told anyone that they're doing a drill that day. Uh, they've had students pretend to be victims laying down in fake blood. Like that's wild. The so, shit gets a little crazy. Yeah. And they, so they've had run research where like it's it has like a huge physical, I mean, psychological rather impact on students. So it's yeah, kind of like, think that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't even need it's, to it's see fucked. this to know that, yeah, that would have psychological reverb. Anyway, <laughs> so this fades out and we actually go to Grace Mallory and Congresswoman Newman talking to, now this is what I was unsure of, this man's position. I know he works for the president so very close. Based on the uh, general trivia on the side, that actually said that he was the the CIA chief of defense or okay. whatever so he's he the paid, secretary of defense yeah he took okay. over Government. cia he is frantically looking for his flagman <laughs> and he's telling mallory that first of all the president doesn't like you he used the term standoffish <laughs> and mallory i could see that um and basically congresswoman newman and Mallory, I just want to put some background in this. They're here just because they need someone to testify against Vought and they want it right. I think that's why they are yeah. here is they wanted the, mm-hmm. this guy to speak up against. Vaught. And they are. He was also discussing how because of this, the incident at Washington with all these head pops now um, compound V. Well, first of all, the president called a state of emergency in the U.S. And now compound V is being registered for use for military and police so they're fighting these soup terrorists with giving this compound v to just the, the, everybody now it's basically a gun mm-hmm. best way to protect against guns to get guns your own um and mallory steps in and it's like well how about this like i got a little something that might interest you and he's like what you got a blackmail of me like fucking a pig or something like that <laughs> like i don't care that sounds amazing leave this world behind me and stress free please just do it. And she's like, well, shit, I can't, that's my angle. Like that, that's Grace's angle is blackmail. And she, it doesn't work on him. And he is just like, he, the best part is that he is on their side, yeah, but he, he literally can't do anything about it. Yeah. Cause he even says like, they drop the thoughts and prayers line again. He's like, I got to go to this fucking memorial service, do thoughts and prayers. With like my flag pin. Yeah, exactly. Like he's just like, my hands are tied. Like basically at this point, you're kind of thinking, like Vaught kind of won because while it's not exactly what Homelander wanted in terms of like putting soups in the military for Vaught, the company, this is the best case scenario. Cause he mentions that pe- the Pentagon and ice are putting in orders to get compound V. So, I mean, and that's just, 
dollar signs. Yeah, he says the price too. They're going for like something five million dollars, like an injection. I think is what it was. And Which is there was orders for multiple injections for like certain companies and stuff. Absolutely insane. And Newman is saying like, can't you see what this is doing? Like it's fucking bought. They're doing this from the inside. It's it's a coup. Um, and he's just saying, you know what? Like doesn't matter. Like we just have to accept that this is happening. And like yeah. Kyle said, I mean, he literally says, like, I'm on your side. Like, I want Vought to go fuck themselves, but I legitimately can't do anything in my position. Yeah. And they do drop the little tidbit because he's like, or someone mentions rather, you know, that people from Vought died in the hearing and Newman speaks up and it's like they're doing it to cover their tracks. And then he's like, I agree with you, but yeah. I can't do because- shit. He literally says Vought could take a shit in the middle of Fifth Avenue, which is definitely a direct reference to Trump in 2016 saying I could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but he does say, he basically says, you know, anything short of Homelander on a camera doing some crazy shit is, that's the only thing that could do anything, basically. That or Jesus Christ, like, coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, I don't know which is more likely. Um, so, after that, we get Becca escaping. We see her running with soldiers with flashlights trying to hunt her down. She's got her knife, though, which will come into use later. And I thought, the first time watching this through, I was like, yeah, like this kind, I guess she's been there for so long. She knows the route. She knows how to escape. I'm sure she's thought of it, but I was like, oh, that's a little, I don't know if she could actually do it. And then you find out how badass she is later yeah. on in the episode. I was like, okay, she could do it. Like her and butcher, like later in the episode have some like camaraderie about like, you know, I guess killing people almost. And she knows she's all for it. <laughs> so yeah, she's about it. She's a badass. She's a badass. She's also beautiful too. She looks beautiful. Yes. Like no yeah. matter what, like running away, <laughs> like hiding in dirt in the bushes and milf, 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 milf. <laughs> uh, the opposite direction of a milf. Yeah. So we go right to Donna, right? That's the worst. I hate her so much. Starlight's mom, Annie's mom. And she says, Oh, I'm just now getting the opposite of the milf joke. Yes. Definitely the opposite of a milf. <laughs> and we get her saying, I'm nervous about driving in the city. Like, that's her biggest worry right now with everything going like you on. Just you almost got Starlight killed at that like Starbucks or whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. And now you're just going to. Yeah, you're going to worry about the driving conditions. Like, get out of here. You're dumb. <laughs> yeah. We're over you. Ridiculous. And then Stewie. 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 <laughs> yeah. Starlight Huey, baby. Let's yeah. ship it. <laughs> um, sorry. I'm- I think I want to make sure Kyle's okay. Here. Yeah. I don't want to watch. Yeah. I had to mute myself right there. Water went down the wrong pipe. All right. We're good. Um, so they're going over the plan and right as she's about to leave, Donna's like, Huey, really like the, the skinny boy with the sweaty hands. Starlight's like, mom, it's like, okay, first of all, I take that personally. I'm, I'm a sweaty handshake. guy. All right. Back off. Donna. She ends up giving her a necklace Starlight says, I'm not going to wear it. She says back, it doesn't matter. I just want you to have it. It has a cross on it. So it's like a religious thing, I guess, for her. Well, it's her mother yeah. gave it to her, not for religious purposes, just purposes, just wanted to give her it. But well, no, it, 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 I'm sure it was. She just yeah. wanted it to look over. But we her. know Starlight's all over the over it. Like yeah. the religious. She says, I thought I was a gift from God. And like, I was fed this lie. Like, why would I believe it? Yeah. Um, so now they kind of make up. She says, I love you. They hug. See you, Donna. Yeah. So, I mean, they're ending on a good note. And she walks back into the Haitian King's hideout where all the boys are. And they are going 
crazy. Hey, Huey's like, you, you got to come. You got to like help out. They're all freaking out. It's like they all snorted lines of Coke or something like that. Yeah, they are in their element right now. It's awesome. Yeah. And they just have a plan for every soup. Like, did, did you have any of them written down? Um, so Frenchie's got the RPG with an electromagnetic impulse. So that checks off Stormfront. Um, Butcher's like, all right, we just got to get some tree nuts for Noir. Uh, MM says he has enough epinephrine to pop a train's heart. <laughs> um, and then I think that I'm pretty sure that's all they cover. They only cover those three. Mm-hmm. So they're high, they they're like all right like we we know everything about it. I love now's Hue- the time to do it. I love when Huey's just like we can't just kill everybody and Kimiko just walks out of the background with an RPG just like yeah. <laughs> just no fucks given whatsoever. And then Kyle, uh, do you, I'm sure you have this Frenchy quote down, right? Um, so I don't have the exact quote. I just uh, mentioned that it's another Frenchy classic like American TV show analogy that he uses. Uh, but Wiley Coyote, you know, Roadrunner, he just keeps saying that, um, basically saying that they're kind of done with all these elaborate plan- plans to kill the soups. Like now they kind of just got to go balls to the wall, right to their faces, like bring the heat right to them. And I, all and, you need is an AR-15, no more meat meat. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I always think to myself, Wiley Coyote, why do you do this? <laughs> um, so they're trying to get Huey like just tell them why they're doing it he was like no we can't and eventually mm is like yo vault attacked the country fuck them all like they're ready to kill them now because they wholeheartedly believe this is vault because who wouldn't believe this is what i also like huey's quote after that and he's like so we're super villains now yeah which is crazy because that's what they like it's a valid point yeah because they're going villains. around, they're going around killing people. Well, soups more, more or less, and yeah, they a hundred percent could be classified as supervillains. They go around killing superheroes. They That's were on America's Most Wanted, so definitely. So basically, they're set on killing all the soups. And Starlet says, "You know what? Maybe there's somebody that I could get to testify because none of our other witnesses are working out." Give us a day, Huey, you're with me. So we got a little Starlight Huey Stewie adventure going on this episode. <laughs> yes, we do. So they get in a the car. We don't know where, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so back at Vart. Vart. Oh, Vart. What the fuck's going on with me today? You're Vart. Back at Vart Tower. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a brain Vart. Yeah. <laughs> We see Homelander just kind of looking at crowd. the news. <laughs> see Homelander <laughs> basically looking at the news, ripping what happened at Washington apart. And Stormfront walks in. Homelander says, hey, how's Black Noir? He's unresponsive. The doctors don't think there's any brain damage, but it's hard to tell because who the hell knows with him. It's even That's big, though. Black Noir has a brain. <laughs> Yeah, and the fact that he's this unresponsive for this long is insane. I figured, you know, since he blew up with that nuclear bomb and he was okay a little bit later, I assume Come on, it's that a tree nut man. It's I know a tree nut's I, way more dangerous than a <laughs> nuclear bomb. And I thought he his body would just recover, but it's it's hitting him hard. He's, yeah, he's he's in critical condition. It seems like not critical, but it's not good. So this is I'm gonna be annoying. Because I like the little real world realism stuff. Um, so in the background, the guy, the anchor is saying that the Department of Homeland Security has moved the terror threat to crimson. So 
basically they use colors to indicate terrorism threats. Um, but they actually American stopped. American they Day, stopped doing cool. this in 2011. So they don't use the colors anymore. So Amazon and Seth Rogen, they're usually good with this shit, but that was fucked. Yeah, wow. Apparently. Apparently. This show is shit, dude. Yeah, this is, I know. all of my feelings are now trashed. <laughs> like, what That's the fuck? Awesome. That's a nice little pickup, though. That's sweet. The little details. And there's one coming up, which I just think is phenomenal. Uh, we'll talk to it when we get to it. But this show is so good. So Homelander's pissed. And he's like, Black Noir's a vegetable. Starlight's out, like, running in the wind. A-Train, well, a, he's not even on the radar. Basically saying, our whole team's fucked right now. Mm-hmm. Like, and you're okay with it? And Stormfront's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, none of that matters. We're the only thing that matters right now. And he he kind of suggests, he's like, I wish you had like talked to me or something like along those lines. I wish you had talked to me about killing Vogelbaum. And she's like, I didn't do this. Like, yeah. all those heads explosions wasn't me. So that clears off one of the thoughts that we had from last podcast episode. Yeah, wasn't me. I mean, I don't fucking trust any word that comes out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I, but so she I does get him because she's kind of like to calm him down. She's like, you know, we're so close. Like, no more paparazzi. All these fucking movie premieres, and he likes the sound of that because obviously the bullshit is bullshit. To did him. he? I thought. I thought he was when she was saying like we can leave like all the the paparazzi and the people running up and all the autographs. We can leave that life behind. And I thought his face was like, shit. I kind of like that. Oh, like, that's I interesting. Like the attention. So I thought like he was realizing that her ideals weren't really matching up with his that's a good point because later on that's the kind of what Maeve uses against him yeah was, so that's a good point that was what I was going to comment after seeing it like this or like talking about it this time around it makes sense that yeah Paul I think he was on the side of I don't okay. I like the paparazzi yeah, like shit that's yeah. like what I love about this job mm-hmm. that does um, make sense and in that conversation you know it wasn't you it wasn't me it must have been Edgar. Mm-hmm. So Homelander was dead set that it was Stan Edgar setting this all up. So then we go right into Billy Joel. Only the good die young. Only the good die. You know, whenever we say the song, whoever's doing the scene literally always sings it. You have to uh, go back into every one of our episodes. <laughs> we do. Brian does it all the time. It's part of it, man. That's the power of Billy Joel. Yeah, it is the power of Billy Joel. Speaking of, Starlight finally says, yo, probing. What's the deal? Like, yeah. why is it always Billy Joel? Huey's like, I'm 57 on the inside. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> he really is, though. <laughs> In a way, yeah. Uh, and, you know, he, he's she's probing, like you were saying, Dave. He's not really saying anything. And eventually they go to, you know, this probably won't work. Starlight's mm-hmm. saying... You know, we tried a million times. This is like a shot in the dark. And Huey's like, why did you come then? Like, why'd you do it? Why were you in Vought Tower? Like, and to come save me and my mom. Just not admitting at this point in time that they're just in love with each other. They're just kind of dancing around. Feels like to me. She's just returning the favor. She was the legend. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm coming with you. So it's pretty sweet. Next scene, we get these two Stewie walking in to Maeve, and she is just baked right now. She's got a bong. Yeah. 
I didn't even notice that. I just heard all the beer cans and everything. I didn't even notice she got the bong. Yeah, she's doing anything and everything that can maybe get her a little altered altered state or something like that. And she comes in. Jesus Christ. (laughs) She sees Stewie. She sees Stewie. (laughs) And I was like, this is the guy. Jesus Christ. I can't fucking talk. (laughs) We got it. We've got it. She says, this is the guy. Huey awkwardly walks up, like, stepping over bottles, like, trying was, not to make was, a noise. It sounded like there was a lot. Yeah. It sounded like it was multiple bottles and beer cans. Holds out his hand. Hi, I'm Huey. Nice to meet you. Uh, he's more of a twink than in the photo. I could split that shit like dry firewood. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a great picture uh probably on reddit of like that quote and then it's like um captain america from i guess what age of ultron or whatever when he's just rips the log in half <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's just chewy's face <laughs> like on that's the so funny i love you reddit and starlight saying hey i need you to do something for me i need you to testify and then they have this whole back and forth of why would i do that Vought's evil. They're basically destroying the world. They kind of go back and forth. She's like, I fucking saved your life. Like, why are you coming here asking? Because she doesn't want to be in it. And she's just saying, like, why are you asking me for help? Like, I don't want to be here. I already I already saved your life. What more can I do for you? Yeah, haven't I done enough? And Huey comes in, tries to say something, you know, because they're evil, because they hurt people. And one day they'll hurt someone you love. She looks him dead in the eyes and says, was I fucking talking to you? That was, <laughs> she snapped. She snapped right there. I mean, she kind of, she knows he's right, but she's just kind of sick of the bullshit. I mean, like when she says she's tired, it's, I mean, when he says that to her too, and he says, you know, they're, it'll, it'll, like eventually they'll hurt someone you love. And it's already happened to her, yeah, basically yeah. for the second time. And, you know, this whole circus has basically ruined her life. And she was finally actually getting a plan together to, take him down or try to at least stay safe and that fell apart in the last second along with the one she loves so she is just like i'm beat there's nothing i can do which you can't really blame her and going out there that's just suicide and testifying which she was like yeah i know that but i'm still asking you and she and with the suicide part it seemed like she was she was absolutely fine with like dying like Maeve at this point in time has reached her low and uh i think she's it seems like she's fine with suicide but um they, they need her yeah, she. I don't know. Probably she's she's on the. She's edge. really depressed. I mean, Elena left. You know, and she screams. You know, take the I mean, fucking she twink. Snaps. Take yeah. the fucking twink and get the fuck out. Cut back to the Haitian king's hideout. Uh, we need Jesus you now. What? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was all right. I just love that line. I love that they fucking called that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Goes up. Becca is at the door screaming. He said he lived underneath the bottom of a pawn shop in the city. Realize it's Becca. Butcher jumps in. They took Ryan. So, you know, she ditched him. Classic. You reject me. Something happens and you come crawling back. Crawling back, yeah. And of course. That's it. Good guy, Butcher. Of course you'll help. You're safe with me. Yeah. Cut over to, and this is a really cool meeting. We get Stan Edgar and Alistair, church head of the Church of the Collective. This was honestly my one of my probably my favorite interaction of this episode. Honestly, at this point in time, mm-hmm. that's a hot take. 
I really, I don't know why it was really brief interaction between the two, but just seeing the two like heads of their respective powers, like clashing yeah. and, you know, kind of doing a little back and forth. It was uh, honestly awesome. Two important guys. Yeah. It's very, just sitting down having two a, vips right there, having a meal. Um, they are shooting shit and a waiter is bringing out a tray with a nice glass and fresca can. And this is the little detail I was talking about. So we know at the end of this scene, we find out a train has been in the closet hiding there the whole time mm-hmm. on the tray that the waiter's bringing out. There's napkins. They flop. They, they flop in the wind. Okay. And it, there's a really quiet, like whoosh sound in the background. Hmm. That's a train running in. the It's funny because I noticed the napkins flipping and I legitimately thought to myself, like actually while I was watching, I was like, that probably just like, that was a mistake on their part. Probably. I'm sure they didn't mean for that to flap up, but here I am on the podcast learning stuff. You learn. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the door does close too. He goes into a room that the door is open and then he slowly shuts the door. Oh, I didn't that's see that. Awesome. Yeah. Didn't see any of that. That's insane. I did that. I'll say it again. The detail in the show is what makes it so rewarding just to watch. Yeah. But basically right here, I believe the, uh, the head of the church collective Alistair, right? Is his name? Yeah. Alistair. He's just trying to pitch <laughs> deep and a train into the seven again is what what's mm. going on. Basically. He, he has a line. Stan Edgar has a line, which I wasn't quite sure of. He said like, why like did you come here and he says well i can't be seen with you at the tower can i and mm-hmm. is that just because he can't be associated with the church of the collective is is that all that was i don't know i would I, say I, so but why is that like the church is like kind of the like they have soups too and they're trying to get them into vaught essentially so uh, i think I, the i think the church has a bad reputation and it, it, it kind of it's almost like, like scientology like you don't want your company to be closely associated with like Scientology because yeah. people off that alone. May I guess. Not. Yeah. You're cutting out a, you're marketing only to a specific group, I guess at that point, if you mm-hmm. work together, but I, I was confused too at first. Alistair offers him Fresca. No, thank no, you. no, thank you. That awful stuff. <laughs> the pain in Alistair's eyes. When he said that, I'm surprised he didn't like choke or spit out his Fresca. Edgar's a master uh, negotiator. He knows what to go. Yeah. He just hold it all in. So he starts talking up uh, A-Train and Deep, like Dave was saying. And Stan hits him with the, you know, how much are you making on commission these days? Like 40, 50%? So we know that the church, their goal is to get almost not washed up, but like downward sloping soups, getting them like refurbished in the public eye and getting them back into the seven. And that's how they make money. They make money off this commission, Mm -hmm. which I thought was really smooth by Alistair. His response was, sounds like you're open to reinstatement. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I was like, you slippery little bastard. (laughs) That was a tough question. You just ducked and dodged it real quick. They're both masters of this. I feel like Mm -hmm. Uh, Alistair brings up a train. He says, you know, what about A-Train? You need a speedster now that Shockwave exploded. And again, I was like, yeah, why the hell did Shockwave explode? Like, that was insane. Yeah, that was a very quick thing we got last episode, but yeah. And at the time, I was thinking that Stan Edgar did this. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, why did you 
blow up shockwave if you need a speedster. Like I was, it didn't really make sense to me. Nothing makes sense about the heads blowing up because you're taking, you're killing people from the CIA. You're killing people that are soups. You're killing Vought employees. Like we don't know the goal of whoever this is. Yeah. Um, There's an awesome line here. He says, one is forgiveness, two is weakness. So if they were talking about the deep, good for him, but we can't take back two. Mm -hmm. Uh, They go on. It's a really good point. I mean, that makes an unbelievable amount of sense. Yeah, the public will be like, oh, look at these people scrapping for heroes now that this tragedy happened. They're like, they're hurting and washed up. Yeah. Yeah, vaults on the fences, and they don't want that to be a well known thing. Yeah. And who doesn't like a redemption story? Like Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) <laughs> you know, they gave him a second chance, but they're not going to give just everybody a second chance. So only room for one more. Plus, he says Stormfront doesn't like A-Train. And like, as you know, she was one of your first like backers and followers when the church first started up. Alistair's like, hey, I can neither confirm nor deny because we can assume when the church first started up, they were pretty racist. I'm assuming so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what. Stormfront was saying, you know, the church used to mean something, and then they started letting anybody in. Mm-hmm. So we assume that it was a little racist. But he's saying at this point he flips, and he's just like, okay, well, at least the deep is still a yeah. win. Deep is still a win. And the shake hands, the walkout. A-Train comes out of the closet. Those sons of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so tr- he's getting the uh, back, because he's always been um, skeptical skeptical of the church. So this only confirms his suspicions a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome scene. And the fact that A-Train heard all of it, I was like, okay. We talked about the Kyle. I don't know if you remember this. In the season one review, season two preview episode we had, when we were talking about all the characters, we brought when we were talking about A-Train, I said, maybe a possible redemption arc for A-Train? <laughs> you go, fuck A-Train. Which I agree, fuck A-Train. But yeah, I mean, come a long way. He, he, this season has really turned him around. We've come a long way. I don't know. I mean, he's still doing it all for selfish reasons. He's still kind of an asshole. Oh, yeah. He definitely wanted to kill them when he came to. So you're right on that. But he's pissed off. Uh, then we switch over to the Haitian King's hideout again, and Becca is I just the this. center of attention, baby. I love this scene. Everybody is so happy to see her because they've heard about her for so long. Never actually have met Becca, just only through word of mouth. So they're all just hovering around her. Uh, Frenchie offers a jambon bear, which, you know, your boys had plenty of in France last yeah. year. Oh, I lived sweet. off literally. They're just like ham sandwiches, essentially, but just like. He was right, though. I'm just going to preach what Frenchie said. It's all about the ingredients. Like, it's just yeah. a sandwich, but it is the ingredients. It's the fresh bread. It's just oh. ham, butter, and a baguette. Yeah, it's so good. That's amazing. We're cultured over here. <laughs> uh, Kimiko looks amazing, of course. She's just smiling. Uh, and MM, uh, what is it? Diet Coke with a lime? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we heard a lot about you. Oh, uh, are you guys close with Billy? Yeah. I mean... Sure. Like, what do you mean by that? Well, he ain't close to a lot of people. Frenchie goes, I'm close to him. <laughs> I am. I am. He, he looks uh, at and goes, I am. I am. Yeah, he's trying to reassure her so much. Well, I reassure himself and her. Yeah, I just, Frenchie cannot do wrong. Neither can MM. This was just amazing watching this interaction. They've heard so many things about her and they care about Billy and they're like, all right, 
we're going to get to see all the little soft sides that he would never talk about or show us. And we get one a few seconds after when he comes into the room and uh, he's just like looking around. He's just like, what are you lot doing? Like, fuck off. Like, yeah, because <laughs> they're he's hugging her saying like, it'll be OK. Yeah, they're like, hugging. They're talking about like what the plan is. Basically, I'll, he says, oh, I'll take care of it. Like, I'll make a phone call. They let up the hug and he looks over and everyone's just like smiling, just staring at them. He's like, fuck off, you lot. <laughs> I like didn't realize how much we needed this scene until the scene started. And I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. yeah because yep. like, i never like i guess i just never really thought you know that they like the boys talk about becca so much but she doesn't talk about them ever obviously because she doesn't know who the fuck they are she's never met them never heard of them yeah which is insane <laughs> um so we get the next scene is Edgar walking out of the church of the collective meeting and he gets a phone call he's like what dude like i'm busy as hell i'm sorry usually i wouldn't disturb you unless it was really important. He said that it's urgent. His name is William Butcher. And he's like, fuck yeah, I'm taking that phone call. Just the name William Butcher is getting to Grace Mallory status. Those eyebrow, that eyebrow raise he gives, those things were in the stars, man. Those eyebrows were floating high. (laughs) Our boy has clout. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely getting famous. Got me seeing stars and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we jump back to Vault Tower into Ashley's office, and Ashley is pulling out her hair. We have, she was basically tasked with babysitting Ryan this whole time. And she's like, Hey, did you guys know that Ryan's never seen cats? We've been Googling all the names of all the cats in the show Cats. She is absolutely insane. Stormfront says, hey, what's up with your hair? There's full-on bald spot of all her hair. Is that, that she's from the up. stress of just her daily life, I guess? It started this season when she got the upgrade. Uh, I, for, I think it was when Homelander first jumped onto the stage next to Congresswoman Newman and gave the impromptu kind of press conference mm-hmm. where he was apologizing to the crowd. She was watching on her iPad and, like, ripping her hair out. No, I didn't even... Okay, so there you go. She's been doing this for a while, and it's just only now that you get the bald spot. <laughs> it's it's catching up to her. It's just funny to me, because Ryan's, like, so not an issue. Like, he's just sitting there writing down the fucking names of the U.S. states. Like, he would be the easiest child in the world to babysit. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, he was, he was like, yeah, uh, when I get nervous, I uh, write or name the states in geographical or alphabetical order. Mom says learning is the greatest gift. The homelander's face is like fucking that. <laughs> mom of yours always has the cutest things. <laughs> Ryan basically saying, "Hey, I want to see mom, or can I call her? I miss her." Homelander sits down, is like trying to say something, trying to calm him down, not working. Stormfront goes, "Hey, I would be." going stir crazy if i was cooped up in the shitty shithole shack and it cuts over to ashley and she's like this is my office i, I just had this renovated what are you talking yeah she about? calls it the uh, the west elm death star yeah <laughs> amazing <laughs> so she's like uh let's uh let's get out of here and they go to what is it vaught vault restaurant vault land that's what planet vault planet vault and everything is just all homelander all the names of the meals you can order. All just, superhero related, like the Brave Mave super vegetarian burger or something stupid like that. 
Yeah. I fucking love the waiter, man. He was the best part of this scene. He's just like, hey, how are you? Do you want to try the veggie burger? <laughs> just like, dead inside. Shit. Holy shit. Is that Homeland? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they come in. It starts off real good. Uh, they all sit down. Everybody's smiling. Ryan looks pretty happy to be here. Yeah, he's like, oh, this is crazy. And then the people start coming up asking for selfies. And Homelander's like, oh, that's the boss. No, nah, I'm just dude. Kidding. This guy's so fucking charming. It's terrible. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Stands up, starts taking all these selfies. And then the people start flooding him. And Ryan's getting a little claustrophobic. This is the first time he's ever been in like a crowd. He's this never the first, been with the first more time than two yeah, people. <laughs> in a room of yeah, three or more people. <laughs> and this is 50 people just flooding the gates. I was having real uh, Kobe flashbacks at Marine Ford when his observation of hockey unlocks. <laughs> I love Scott, always sneaking in the one piece I am. But yeah, yeah Kobe's yeah. Ob- observation is what that This mind. reminded me of Jon Snow and Battle of the Bastards and how he's just getting drowned in a sea of people. Just like oh, yeah, getting yeah, yeah. trampled by bodies. bodies yep. Wow, <laughs> you guys' references are out of this world. Freaking out of this world. <laughs> Binge Town TV, baby. You won't find any other better references. <laughs> <laughs> so he's freaking out. Homelander, good dad move, actually. You know, picks him up. Says, you know, everybody out of the way. Goes outside. Stand back, stand back. Flies away. Wish yeah, I super sweet Homelander moment. I actually and it's like freak out at Ryan. Yeah, it's like, why are they doing this? Why do I, I like Homelander in these Ryan interactions? Mm-hmm. I agree. He's like trying to be a good dad. I mean, his first attempt pushing him off the roof didn't go so well. But like he's learning. He's learning and he's actually, you know, and I think it's, it's getting better and I just don't like that it's getting better. Yeah. It's and it, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit too, but it's just like he just sees himself in Ryan just so much with him being uh put in a position that he didn't want to be or didn't ask for and then just being you know, lied to all the time, all this stuff. So I think Homelander just wants him to just be better than him, basically. And super fun fact, the song that's playing in Planet Vought is actually being done, or I guess, I don't know if it's, she's the singer or she's just a part of the band, but um, Indy Urban, Carl Urban's daughter, oh. it's her band. The song's called Can't Stop the Rhythm by, I guess her band's name is uh, Adamania with an A. That's actually really cool. That's dope. Give him a Yeah, call. that's really cool. so we cut back to team stewie uh annie is just kind of complaining complaining to huey about her mom and she goes "Ugh, mom's right oh my god i'm so sorry i didn't even think about and huey's like my mom's not dead she's not he's like no she uh just left and i was really young this is i'm so excited to get this backstory there's definitely way more to this story at least in my mind there's way more to this story than her just up and leaving because it sounded like he was saying like we used to have dance parties me and my mom that's where the uh, sorry i'm kind of stepping on your toes here a little bit paul but no, no, they're no, basically talking and they're just he admits it finally he's like okay so me and my mom used to you know have dance parties when i was like six years old um she was really awesome and then one day she just up and left just no call no text just was sick of everything and then just left in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, like, does she have, like, a butcher kind of thing to her where she was, like, tied into, like, superheroes a lot where she had to just up and leave kind of thing? Like, Dude, I was just going to say that. I agree. That's, like, that was, like, the first thing when they were talking that came to my mind is, like, he, she definitely didn't leave willingly. There had to have been a reason. And it, the only reason is, like, soups in my mind, honestly. So, you know, uh, that's an awesome thought. I actually thought that she may have died got killed by a soup 
as collateral damage. And then the dad signed off and took the money because he was all about it with Robin. Okay. So that's a very good point as well. Maybe, but they did have that dad like redemption arc at the end of season one. So I I hope he's good still. All we know is that I think Huey's mom, whether she's alive or dead, has a bigger role in this world than what we know. Maybe Huey's mom and Starlight's dad ran off together. Even Bro. though they didn't live anywhere. Whoa, that would be you're we're calling it here first on Binge Town TV, but that would be wild if they ran off like together, maybe not as lovers, but for some specific reason. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's the that is tinfoil hat as fuck. And then we yeah. get it and then we get a Star Wars thing where it's like brother and sister kiss, you know. Like, oh my yeah. god. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but yes. we do also his mom does have a big impact in the story just because she has a big impact on Huey himself. I mean, he admits right here um in a very nice moment of self-reflection where he's like honestly her leaving is probably the reason why i'm so clingy is because i don't want to be like her so i kind of overcompensate in that sense and just kind of latch on to people yeah. barney stinson abandonment issues <laughs> it happens it makes a lot of sense then all of a sudden we get what's up shit birds yeah <laughs> immediate that scared me that scared me <laughs> i was like oh my god and of course that's what they're thinking they're like holy shit a train's gonna kill us last time we talked to him he basically wanted to kill us they freak out pull over after swerving Huey gets out of the car screaming what the fuck what the fuck yeah also real quick i want to do you think i don't know if you guys saw this on the set was there a rep like you know how in when he was sneaking around with uh stan and alistair you know we actually get the glimpses of him sneaking in do you think they did that here at some point like with the car like at some point the car door like opens and shuts real quick and we don't see him it was, enter it was probably like right before that moment he probably jumped yeah. in there and was like what's up shitbirds or he could have just done it in an instant which i'm yeah. sure he was capable of as well and he has this sweet line they're like oh my god how'd you find us he goes please i can cover the burrows in three hours i just went searching that's all <laughs> fucking insane he can- yeah it catches them in a moving car too yeah he <laughs> so cool uh he First of all, Huey is defensive. He's like, come on, like we helped you. Why are you coming for us? And he's like flexes the powers. Well, oh, they they make a joke and they say, like, oh, like I thought your heart would explode. And he says, Hey, my heart is just fine. Like, come over here. I'll show you. And also, is his heart actually fine? Like seems to be. I yeah, mean, he was running and it was okay. I mean, now that he's they said he was going through withdrawal for a okay. while. Okay. And that was kind of the church. That that makes sense a little bit. Helped him like, out. Yeah, I got it. So maybe his heart's getting a little bit better. No, yeah. Uh, I'm not not exactly sure, but that surprised me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says, you know, I'm not coming after you. We're even now, bitch. Gives them the file. They're looking over it, and they're like, holy shit. Like, this is amazing. Where did you get this? And why are you doing this? And he was like, I went back in, and I need her gone. Fuck that naughty bitch. Yeah, which everybody was like, let's go. Oh, I was so hyped. It's amazing. But do we it probably felt so good as uh what is it Jesse T. Usher, I think is his name, to just yeah. like read the script and look at that and be like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to say that line. <laughs> but, and, probably and, felt amazing. And I thought the line too that was like really good was they're just like they're asking him like, Why are you like you're giving this to us? Why? And he's just like, I'm not giving you anything. Like Yeah, I was never here. I was never here. Like this was all you guys. Mm. So for like, as much as um like Stormfront and Homelander are like intimidating 
and the way they run the seven, specifically talking more, I guess, about Homelander in season one and how he kind of had them all as like minions underneath his the palm of his hand. Like everyone almost in the seven this season has kind of wriggled out from underneath that and it's like now going on their own and is no longer afraid of the repercussions of yeah. things happening. Mm-hmm. He's a, losing control. The boys are giving glimmers of hope to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, Katniss Everdeen. Yeah. She's <laughs> just giving hope to the districts. Um, then we... Ooh. Sorry. I know that has a sour taste in your mouth, Kyle, <laughs> after reading the book. Um, so we jump over to another insanely important meeting between two powerhouses, William Butcher and Stan Edgar. Walks in, Stan Edgar goes, uh, Emilio, or whatever his name is, can we get an order of Greer Puffs? They're worth a cheat day. Uh, to which Butcher says, I'm assuming you have a sniper shot on me. More than one. Yeah, well, then we'll skip the hors d'oeuvres and just yeah. get right to business. <laughs> Sweet. It's just their interactions, it's just all formalities. Like, Stang Agger doesn't have to do this. He's just such a good negotiator, deals with bullshit people all the time. He knows what he's doing. We, um, I'm sure we all watch with subtitles. Mm. every fucking time I watch something with subtitles and they say hors d'oeuvres and then the spelling pops up in the subtitles, it honor just, it, honor d'oeuvre. <laughs> it's just like, there's such, yeah. there's such a disconnect between what I'm reading and what I'm hearing. It's just like, it's so crazy. I just fucking hate that. Yeah. It, Love the French language. <laughs> true. Yeah. That was strong. Okay. I don't hate it. So, <laughs> so Edgar says you called on the phone. You said you can help with Homelander's son. I must say, I don't know what you're talking about. Classic, deny, deny, deny. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Stan. Just all he do- is good for is denying and just putting the blame on someone else. That's all we've seen him do, really. <laughs> so, how do you think he got to where he is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Kyle, did you have any of this uh, back and forth of what they were talking about? I had a little bit going forth. Butcher's basically saying, like, why are you doing this to these terrible people and all this stuff? Like Stormfront is a Nazi and you're still working with her. And he was like, Hey, we, we get dealt the, we, we deal with the hand that we got dealt. Like I can't, what what is it? I can't lash out like some enraged entitled maniac. That's a white man's luxury. I love that line too, which is so true. It's just, and it's so relevant into today's, in today's society. So I just love that these, that the boys has taken these shots at modern day society. And I mean, the way he ends it too, I mean, he's because Butcher asks him like, so it's always, it's just about business. And he kind of looks at him and says, when in the history of anything, basically, has it ever been anything else? Yeah. Like Which, prices per share. I mean, you got to just, you got to satisfy those shareholders. You got to pump those bills up. Uh, Edgar kind of has this like rhythmic, rhythmic cadence to the way he speaks his sentences. And he's like, when ever in history, has it ever been anything but Business. It's like a Christopher Walken. It's, I am Christopher Walken. <laughs> I love it. I just his actor is so incredible. I, I'm so glad they picked him to be Stang Edgar because he is a perfect representation of somebody who has so much power. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And basically, they I think their back and forth was just talking about like why they're each doing their own thing. Like Butcher's like why like you said, Paul, why are you working with these people? Like and he's like, Oh, Homelander's a friend. And he's like, Well, look your like what about Stormfront? Like, look at yourself in the mirror. And mm-hmm. he is like yeah fuck her but realistically the only reason he's doing all this is like letting this chaos out is because he wants his company stock to go through the roof which you know would increase his bank account definitely good at his job 
because yeah. and I mean Stormfront's whole thing is to stoke that fear and make people want to take Compound V, and that's just so much money in Stan Edgar's pocket. Like we were talking about with the scene with the Secretary of Defense when he's saying, you know, the Pentagon wants a piece of it, ICE wants a piece of it, law enforcement across the country wants a piece of it. So it's just dollar signs. Butcher's telling him, I can get Homelander away from the boy. How how are you going to do that? That's my business. Don't worry about it. Uh, when I give you the signal, have your boy zero in on this cell signal and pick up the boy. He I says, yeah, like, I promise we'll get Ryan and Becca somewhere safe. And he goes, no, just the boy. I keep my wife. Mm-hmm. And, and after a back and forth, like, of... Edgar basically asking like why just the boy like yeah. why don't why not both of them and, and he's just like he says what happens when the boy wants his mother and she's not there and he goes on a tantrum or something like that yeah but in the end the deal is made that they're only gonna get the boy right and Edgar looks at Stan or I'm sorry Edgar looks at Butcher and goes you call me a ruthless bastard Which I, I just was- like I don't understand like he Butcher says to him, a mother will do anything to protect her son. And then his look changes. And then he says, and you call me ruthless. And I just went, that went right over my head. I did not pick up, like, I didn't understand this little, like, code they were talking in. But they both understood each other. I figured what Butcher was saying, which I I, I agree with you. I don't don't 100% understand, but what I was kind of picking up on is Becca will do anything like go to the public, talk about Vaught and kind of confess maybe if like she doesn't get her son back. So I don't know. He plans on tricking Becca to believing that Ryan is just like gone or something completely. Okay. I don't really understand his thought process yeah, I either. I got nothing. So that sounds good to me. I think, <laughs> but, I think he's just only set on just acquiring his wife and just not Ryan. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know that I'm just conf- like, they were, he yeah. was clearly speaking in some coded, you know, yeah. language that he was implying something, but not actually saying it. And I did not get it. But I guess that's why Stan Edgar is the CEO of all, and I'm not. <laughs> and also, I mean, I said it last episode. And I'm going to say it again. Sweater Butcher is awesome. <laughs> Him rocking that sweater. The scene made the scene. They're just in this, you know, gaudy restaurant all to themselves, all the white tablecloths. And Butcher's just rocking the black sweater. I just love it. Yeah, Kyle, you would rock Butcher's wardrobe pretty well. I feel like really should I get a trench coat? Yeah, just collar always up. Ninety like... degrees outside doesn't matter. <laughs> just give me like twenty years to grow a beard like that. All right, sounds good. You got you got the mustache there. So we jump over to Homelander's secret cabin in the woods where he used to bang doppelganger as Mallory Stillwell. Um, yeah, don't for, don't forget hashtag don't forget. Yeah, <laughs> quite the secret that is. <laughs> I'm sure his body's buried somewhere around that cabin. Um, so Stormfront shows up, and homeowner's pacing back and forth. Uh, Ryan's really upset. He just wants to be alone. You know, just I tried going in there. Just don't go in there. Don't go in there. Stormfront's like, wow, the world's most powerful man, like powerless against a little boy. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's his, uh, his weak spot, which we know in season one, all these weak, all these superheroes' weak spots are human beings. So she says, you know, you're his blood. Just go in there and talk to him. He goes in. Ryan's doing the whole 50 states thing. Like a fucking boss. Pissed me off because he was hitting the O's. And he was like, Oregon. And I was like, Pennsylvania, come on up. And then he just stopped. And I was so mad. He stopped, <laughs> he stopped one right before PA. We didn't get rep. That's funny. I did not notice that. 
uh, Homelander's going, you know, I remember the first time I was in a crowd, people grabbing at me, urging me on to use my powers. I felt like I was drowning. Well, like, what did you do? Well, I flew out of there, went and hid by myself, and I cried my eyes out. And just to let you know, general trivia coming at you, the incident Homelander is referring to actually happened at Vought's annual executive retreat in 1997, where the science team introduced Homelander to the company leaders. So just to give some backstory there. That's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. I really, yeah, I just, really I mean, hope we get that flashback. At one yeah, point. at some point. He, he makes the point to say, you know, and I cried my eyes out. And then Ryan looks at him and was like, you cry. And he was like, well, I'm a man, so not anymore. Um, at first, he was like, yes, but I'm a man, so it has been a while. <laughs> but Yeah, and that does yeah. come into play a little bit later. I, I love this. This is another good dad Homelander scene. It's, it's Yeah, I hate it how much I like yeah. it. Yeah, this part was an, another one for me where it was just like, oh, God, Homelander's like trying to reach Ryan in like an actual good way. Yes. I mean, it makes sense. And the struggle that he goes through is relatable, easily relatable to Ryan, especially when he's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a mentor to show me any of this stuff. Like I can be that person for you. Mm -hmm. I can guide you through all these struggles that you have. And it's like, fuck, that's a great point. Yeah. Ryan, <laughs> It's like saying, that, that meme where it's like, shit, like the worst person, you know, actually made a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, right before that, Ryan was saying, you know, you guys keep saying I'm special, but I'm not like you. I can't do any of this stuff. And as Kyle was saying, hey, I can teach you. You don't have to go through it alone. I was like, fuck, I love that. <laughs> it's so annoying how much I think he's being like a good, like, what's it? Good role model almost, which yeah. is, Dad, uh, is that the, last, the one you're looking for. The, the last thing you'd want is to somebody to be wanting to turn into a Homelander 2.0. So, we jump over to Becca at the hideout again, and Butcher's coming in from the meeting. Huey goes, well, I must say, Becca, she is just one. Me and her got a chance to catch up, and I just got to say, Butcher's like, Huey, get the fuck out of here. Easy, Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Huey's fucking awesome. And I, w I wish we got that. Huey Becca introduction and how they interacted. Uh, Becca has a line where she's like, "Hey, like, he's good for you." We had a chance to talk about. They both like each other, man. They both yeah. improve. So, but you're saying how to go? Huey goes. We don't. We didn't get any witnesses, but we, <laughs> but we definitely found fuck all. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's the right way to use. Yeah, that. I don't know if I'm using that term correctly. But he, he but yeah, they show they show Butcher the jackpot that is. A train giving them the Stormfront Nazi information, cold hard evidence, and he looks at it and is like, "This is a fucking jackpot." A, a rare praise from Butcher. It was like, yeah. "Well done, you two. Which was like, "What?" Mm -hmm. Like, what? Even when Compound V got released to the public with Starlight and Huey, all he was like, Butcher just kind of moved on. He didn't say anything. He was like, "Good job. All right, next." And so now he was like, "Hey, well done." A little praise always makes you feel good. He goes on to say, "You know." You guys did this. Now it's not your job to save Ryan. This is mine and Becca's. Like you don't have to get involved. MM, lick my big black balls. <laughs> Sorry, Becca. <laughs> I was like sat up so straight once he said that. I was like, what? I loved it. It was amazing. You have us doing all this crazy shit, and we finally get a chance to do something good. And you don't think we're gonna like jump on it? 
we're in. And they go around. Of course, we're in. Frenchy. Yeah, they and then they treat us to another awesome boys montage of them doing their shit. We got MMs making the epinephrine syringes. Frenchie's out here unboxing speakers. Uh, Butcher and MM are loading rounds into rifles. And then classic Huey's just sending emails. Um, yeah, taking pics with his phone and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just the contrast is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then we and then we get Becca being more badass than Huey, and she's loading a clip into a handgun, and, and she like, starts right. talking. I was like, this bitch knows what she's doing. She yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we get a little background about why. I mean, she's trained with Butcher a little bit. She even claims that she's a better shot than he is. Yeah, which I was like, okay, that makes so much sense. First of all, like what we were talking about earlier, how she escaped. She has training. She knows what she's doing. She's been there for years. She has an escape plan. Also, makes sense of why they are together as a couple. Because they are two very different individuals. And now she's a badass. Yeah, we find out they're both soldiers. Um, does that mean that she was fighting in the SAS? Maybe she was in the U.S. military and, you know, the SAS and the no, Army. I think, a, I think that's a valid point. I think we can assume she was in the SAS with... No, not to, I mean, she wouldn't be in the SAS. She's an American. Well, that's what I was saying. Like she either... Yeah, gone. I mean, she mentions Fort Bragg. So yeah. she's either gone through basic training or visited butcher at a base or something i don't know yeah either way i mean she's been around it they're both some badasses that i wouldn't fuck with but yeah. she's and then she shows the soft motherly side and she basically promises she forces her way into the mission and then makes butcher promise on lenny's soul that he will save ryan no matter what because ryan the world can't afford for ryan to grow up like homelander yeah um and when this, when I first saw this scene and I saw Butcher telling Becca, like, you're staying here, I was like, you idiot. Like, nobody would ever stay there. Of course she's going. Um, and then after I finished the episode and on the rewatch when I got this scene, I was like, oh, Billy, you tried. You almost <laughs> saved her. Um, and I, I liked it way more this time. So then the scene flips to Butcher Promel. Butcher promises, and they show his face, and you know he knows he's fucking lying and he, because he, we know he's fucking lying. He pulls out the phone that he told Edgar to zone in on, follow that signal, and he just stares at it for a sec. And we're like, oh, shit. Contemplating. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, and then we get, uh, we get another nice moment, which is Kimiko and Frenchie. So Kimiko is kind of looking at the, um, the origami swan, remembering nice. Kenji. It's a mouse. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I knew I was going to fuck that up. And then uh, she basically is worried. So she's worried that she's going to freeze up when she, she's Stormfront. But the important part of that is that she speaks to Frenchie in her sign language. And then Frenchie catches along, knows that she's saying freeze up. And uh, Frenchie, always the fucking legend, kneels down next to her and says, if there's one thing I know is that you can take care of yourself. You know, so when the moment comes, you'll do what it takes. And that right there is fucking character growth, baby. Mm-hmm. He's just I love it. The best. Frenchie, every character in the boys, just every scene and every time you learn more about him just makes you love him more and more. Frenchie's like this in unbelievably kind-hearted individual, but he was just getting an RPG ready to kill a soup. He's just complicated. It's, it's also <laughs> funny, too, because if you look at like MM and Frenchie, like they are genuinely really good people to their core whereas butcher maybe not all the way to his core but like these this group of ragtag individuals are just they're the boys you know and then diversity is wonderful frenchy signs like let's go we jump over to homelander again and he's trying to teach ryan how to use his powers 
And he's like, come on, you got it. You almost there. You, you, you got this. Nope. Keep it going. And he's Ryan's just squinting, trying to laser beam this uh, tin can. And it's just, nah, bro. It's, it's, it's a, deep, a deep action figure. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I def- totally forgot. Because we know Homelander's not the biggest fan of the deep. Which is like, <laughs> makes it so much better. Yeah, it makes it. I was thinking that too when it was like, because it should have been a tin can, obviously, but of course it had to be the deep action figure. <laughs> just so good in every little detail. Uh, his and, powers aren't working and homelander's face is he's trying to be encouraging but he's like Jesus, this is so hard and stormfront chimes in right She's well, like, oh my that, god yes yeah, well that she does and this is the worst line of the fucking entire series but uh he's going you know i'm sorry homelander goes oh it's it's okay um you know what i'll, I'll give you a little tip it's easier if you think about someone you hate uh, every time I say the word hate at home, mom puts makes me put money in the swear jar. Like, well, there's no swear jar here. Just think about somebody you hate. And he's like, well, I don't hate anyone. And then Stormfront comes in. This is like, fucking ridiculous. Oh, that's, that's sweet, but that's a luxury that we can't afford. We're under attack. Like, we are? Yeah. Our people. Bad guys want to hurt us because of what we look like. They want to wipe us from this earth because of the color of our skin. It's called white genocide, and they're coming. Dude, fucking Homelander's face. What the fuck is this bitch talking about? Dude, he was straight up that the the blinking white guy meme. Yeah, he just like Uh hears it and is like, "Did I fucking hear that right? Like, is this bitch talking about white genocide?" The memes where it's like the amount of crazy this bitch must be to actually question Homelander. Like make Homelander question the value, like your values, ridiculous. She is. What's the um nonsense? What's the what's the scale from How I Met Your Mother? The the hot crazy. Yeah, the hot crazy scale. She's she's going over the Vicky Mendoza diagonal right. Yeah, now, yeah. Right? The, Homelander's doing that calculation in his yeah. head right now. The Shelly Gillespie zone. She's she's gonna try to <laughs> stab him with a fork. So Homelander. Yeah, Homelander's I'm going. Sorry. Right, let's try this. And this is when this is gas pedal now officially is all the way down. We're going zero to a hundred. Stormfront's phone starts popping, ding, 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 ding. What the fuck? What? What's going on? She takes off. Cut to the news has leaked. Stormfront's a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine Frenchy and a? Could you imagine this day and age what would happen if? That person would just be absolutely torn down and ripped apart if they had pictures. They had pictures of you with high-ranking Nazi officials like Gerbils and um, I forget. I can't remember the other guy. Um, but basically, then the memes that were immediately getting churned out of just, Huey was laughing at the one. Yeah, just people song. ranting like, I can't believe I have to say this, but in this day and age, Nazis are bad. And and the little nursery rhyme. Of like Stormfront, yeah. hit her with your car, like all this other so shit. So funny. Yeah, Huey, Huey and the boys were just, we see them in kind of like this hangar watching this on their phone. Um, And yeah, we do get an awesome Frenchie and Kimiko scene, Kyle. So yeah, so Frenchie and Kimiko are building basically it's like a tower of Vought 
Bluetooth speakers in the woods. And Kimiko's kind of questioning, like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, it's just going to work. And Frenchie's like, don't worry. Like, this is nothing like the raves I used to set up in Algiers. And uh, <laughs> of course, of course, that's a, like, uh, that's a little a tidbit of Frenchie's backstory that he would just set up raves. I want to go um, to a rave with and yeah, oh my god, it would be so much fun. And then Kimiko basically says, like, oh, like, you know, do you dance? And his response is one of the only quotes I wrote down for this whole episode is, Of course I dance. What is the point of life without dancing? God Legend. Just love Frenchie so so much. This has been just the best season for me and my fellow Frenchie stands. Oh yeah. We got French rap. It's just times. been amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. And the fucking cooking has a way of giving port in a storm. Of course I dance. What is the point of life without dancing? Like this guy's a fucking legend. I have a feeling you're gonna get a Frenchie tattoo tatted on you somewhere. Might if he be. fucking dies next season. <laughs> Quote it right here. I, uh, we heard it here first. I can't even think about that. My heart will break. So uh Stormfront goes flying over. They see this. They're like, Oh, we're ready, gotta run. They're running back to the car. Butcher radios like French, are you good? He says, un, un minute, un petit. Just doesn't say that. He says something actually French, but <laughs> it's awesome. And I just wanted to bring that up. Un moment. Uh, so then we get to a Stormfront in Vault Tower looking at the screens of the news just coming out with all of this propaganda against her. And she is furious. The, um, on the, the, I guess it's just like a, it's a Cychron or something, whatever it's called. That's like the headline for the news thing. And then underneath it, there's a tiny little headline. And this is the little detail that I thought you were talking about earlier, Paul. But it says that uh, NYPD has a credible lead that, storm, that ties Stormfront to the death of Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, isn't that funny as fuck? Oh that is God. incredible. That is yeah, that's so that's so good. That's exactly what uh, Vought does. We'll get more towards it towards the end, but they're like, oh shit, like somebody came out as a horrible person. Let's get all these loose ends tied up and just throw them throw in. Them she was in, like, yeah. she did it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so funny. Holy shit. I did not see that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so Frenchie gets back to the car and the boys trigger the trap, which turns out to be a high-pitched noise that I assume... Only the soups could hear because of their incredible hearing. Um, it's hitting Ryan and Homelander, which it shows them in the cabin. They're watching the news conference. And Ryan asks a question. It's like, what's he says, like, what's Maleficent or something like that? And it shows like Homelander, like trying to explain it. But it looks like he doesn't even know. He definitely does. It but was, he, uh, he doesn't want to admit it. And he was yeah. like, it's a it's a. And then he's saved by the bell. The high pitched noise goes off. And. They're covering their ears, they're screaming. Homelander's like, it's okay. I'll be right back. I'm going to go take care of it. He flies away. So Butcher and Becca are like, okay, now they run into the cabin, give Ryan earphones. They say, hey, we're here. It's okay. We're here to come save you. Ryan looks up at Butcher, this random scary-looking dude with an AR-15, goes, who's that? Becca goes, that's my husband. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Oh. Love to see that. I was really thinking, I was really hoping that she would say husband. Yeah. I, I was hoping she would and say something like that and not just like, oh, he's like a friend. He's here, here, here's here to help. Like yeah. he says, that's, I fuck him. He's yeah. That's, that's actually my, my lover. That's, not your, that's your new stepdaddy. That's yeah. your new dad. <laughs> and once again, Carl Urban absolutely nails the look of, you know, that internal conflict of yeah. whether or not to, 
bring Ryan with them, leave him there, the whole phone thing. We do find out that he leaves the phone there, but Mm -hmm. the look that they zoom in on his face, you can just tell that he is just battling with these emotions inside of his head. Mm -hmm. It shows them in the car rolling up to the hangar. Frenchie goes, qu'est-ce que c'est? M.M.'s like, what the fuck is this? What? This isn't part of the plan. Turns out, Butcher gets out of the car, goes right to M.M., gives him the keys, change of plan. You're taking these two to Mallory and getting them somewhere safe. You're the only one I trust them with. Or it was like, aw, M.M. You know M.M. I agree. Frenchie, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, because Frenchie's done. Frenchie won't follow the plan. Can't trust you with anything. Follow the plan either, obviously, at this point. (laughs) So M.M. is a beast. Beck is like, what the hell is going on? Butcher comes clean. I cut a deal with Stan Edgar. Basically, I, I had a plan. He was going to take the boy, and me and you were going to go off together. But, but fuck me. I couldn't do it. Ugh. And it was just like, good guy Butcher coming out, uh, coming out. And it was so relieving because Butcher was such an asshole in the beginning of the season, just trying to get back to Becca. We, we talked about how... You know, we thought he was basically throwing everybody else, everybody else and the boys under the bus. And now we're seeing that he does have a heart. And I'm kind of thinking that it was probably the husband line that made him have that change of heart. Because in in Butcher's eyes, at least to me, it seems like, you know, Butcher's obviously never been a part of Ryan's life. Becca's obviously never told Ryan about Butcher. And to come this far and then finally admit that, like, he's actually one of us you know he's he's a friend like he's not just a friend he's my husband but i felt like that had so much that carried so far for him that at this point in time he was like fuck like she still does love me um this isn't all just about her now you know like this is her family aka my family almost yeah It's, it's very easy for him to you know formulate the plan in his head that he's gonna ditch ryan and just take becca when he's just chatting with Stan Edgar on this, you know, penthouse restaurant, but when he's looking at them embracing each other and basically crying into each other's faces, like that makes that decision a million times harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was the first scene that kind of, he was dead set on giving up Ryan. He was hundred percent ready to do it. Then when Becca made him swear on Lenny's grave, that's what kind of threw it up in the air. And he was like, Oh shit. Now I don't know what to do. And yeah, then sure this, was, this also, was like, yeah. okay, I can't possibly do this. She yeah. just like, she, I swore on my brother's dead soul. She called me her husband. I can't do, I this, can't to do this to her. Yeah. Um, and the next scene is just so, so unfortunate. It's the soldiers running into the, well, first of all, I should say butcher finally convinced Becca. She says, please let me do this one fucking thing. Like I haven't been able to do anything. I haven't been able to save you for these past eight, six years. Just let me do this one thing. Becca finally agrees. Mm-hmm. Um, now. Well, hold on. Now. I fucked that up. Well, it doesn't matter. The order doesn't matter. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. Just uh, well, like, basically, Wall Butcher's coming clean. We cut over to the cabin, and it's the soldiers busting in, saying, Hey, Butcher, are you here? Is the boy here? So unfortunate because yeah, Homelander comes in. Did I hear you say butcher? Yeah. And his radio goes off and says, Hey, do you have the boy? And Homelander's like, Oh. So at yeah, okay. At, at first he's only like all he hears is butcher. And mm-hmm. so he's like, Okay, like they're here to kill him, maybe. And then they confirm, like, oh, do you have the boy? And it's like, okay. 
they're working together. Slowly turns around, closes, closes the door. The Where is my boy? This reminded me a lot of, oh, what's it called? Um, King's Circle. No. One uh, Piece? Kingsman, yes. It reminds me of the Kingsman when he's teaching him about manners. He yeah. just he closes the door and you know there's going to be an ass kicking. <laughs> but there's not even ass kicking. It's ass lasering. Oh, yeah. First guy doesn't answer. It instantly melted. Where's my son? Yep, and then it cuts, but we can assume the worst for the rest of the uh, the, the group. <laughs> just these poor soldiers just trying to do their job and just happen to be on the this one day. because Butcher fucked up. <laughs> like yeah. This, this would not have, their lives would not be on the line if it wasn't for Butcher. Yeah. Butcher, no, dude, the Homelander would have found them anyway. He was right there. Uh, yeah, yeah, who knows, but Butcher definitely didn't give him a chance. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we cut back. Butcher, as we said, Butcher convinces Becca... After a very tearful goodbye, mm-hmm. they get in the car, Ryan, Becca, and with M.M. driving, it's slow, sad music playing. They get not too far. No, about like 30 yards, maybe. And we <laughs> see Stormfront jump down right in front of the car, picks them up, and lightnings them across the field, which immediately, my first thought, Oh my God, is MM okay? <laughs> Fuck Had to be the first thought. It, my first thought was, I know Ryan's okay. That was my first thought. And then, yeah, second thought is, MM, please. Oh, yeah. We need you. <laughs> uh, I was like, okay, first MM gets out. We see him. He was okay. Thank God. Becca gets out. Oh, thank God, too. She's beautiful. I was like, I don't give a fuck about Ryan. Ryan's yeah, a suit. He's and, fine. And how you feel is how Butcher felt because Butcher's like only asking Becky. He's like, Are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, Ryan's in the car. Like, you got to save him, too. And he's like, Oh, yeah, I guess. Fucking like, soup. Yeah, fine. yeah, exactly. He got pushed off a roof not too long ago. Yeah, I'm sure you could survive a car flip if you can get handle getting pushed so off. So, MM, MM kind of rolls to the other side of the car, tells Butcher basically, you know, get them out of here. We'll handle this. He cocks the shotgun. And the only thing I was thinking on my rewatch when this happened was body going crete, 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 success, we can get back. I was like, dude, yeah, I was like, I want like a pop smoke fucking background music to MM just rolling out, cocking the shotgun and rolling up to Stormfront. He looks so good. Definitely looked like a fucking badass. He's such a boss. Uh, And yeah, I mean, this show's pretty good with realistic things. That car was. 30 feet in the air and oh. landed on its roof. I don't know if they would yeah. walk away from scratch, but I mean, fuck it. They're bosses. There you are, you slippery little bitch. <laughs> we got Stormfront rolling up in just pure, pure I want to kill mode. Mm. Uh, she goes, I, those pics are obviously deep fakes. Like, you're, are you the one that leaked them to the press? Like, you're, you're a lying slut. She's just like preaching nonsense at this point. Just like how high school girls talk, like you fucking whore, you slut. Like uh, she goes, you got a lot of experience with that, Dave. Oh yeah, I <laughs> fought a lot of high school girls in my day. <laughs> Jesus, <And> Starlight <laughs> is, you know, standing her ground. She's walking towards her too, saying, "Like, listen here, little bitch, I ain't afraid of you." <laughs> Stormfront goes on to say, "People love what I have to say. They believe in it. They just don't like the word Nazi. That's all." And I was like, satirical little guy. Something about the real world. And I was like, he's a crazy fucking individual. I can't. I was so on the edge of my seat with this scene, though. I was like, what the hell is going to happen? 100%. So they uh, all walk up to her. 
and they're standing around her and she says you know like basically what is the truth like what i'm saying is the truth no it's not what is the truth mm-hmm. kimiko starts cracking up in this intense silent moment what the fuck are you laughing at gives frenchie the hand signals <laughs> and he's like oh well if you have the quote, go ahead, because I was just going to do it off the dome. <laughs> she, she says, the truth is, she's going to stick her boot up your Nazi giddy. I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> the best part oh, I think about this is that that's the first time Kimiko's ever made a sound. Oh, I, I thought that too when I watched it. I was like, she, that I, laugh. I thought, I thought she was going to start mm. speaking after her laughter too, but she didn't. But maybe that'll Did, be another time. There's one scene at the end of season one where we get her looking in a mirror and she's trying to make a noise and she goes, but yeah, Kyle, that was the first that. time is, is that, that we episode? get an actual, like, purposeful sound out of her, was and that, it's a this episode? beautiful laugh. That, that no, that was like, season one. Oh, I don't even remember that. I guess that's probably why. it's um, it's funny that the first time that uh, she speaks or you know makes a noise in the comics is she. It's again, it's a laugh, but what she's laughing about is that she finds out that Huey jerks off to leaked nudes of Queen Maeve. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that is awesome. That's so funny. I want to read the comic show badly, yeah, but I, I can't we have spoil to the show. I know. I know they're going different ways, but still. I mean, and this is just incredible. Um, they just immediately go at it. Yeah, the power starts, Stormfront's power starts flickering, uh, Starlight's power starts flickering, and we get that, we get a a brawl right here. Kimiko hops in. So is Starlight drawing energy from Stormfront? I'm thinking, well, one, okay, I never thought about that, but that'd be crazy. But I just figured, like, the car might be flipped, but the batteries probably, the electricity in the car might be good. Like, there was some lights, I think, in the bunker, maybe. But, like, that's actually a good point, though, Paul. Can't, could she hypothetically draw power from Stormfront? I, I mean, would say no. It's just electricity, right? I mean, she I would say yes. Fucked up you by it. Yes? She did get fucked up when she got like when Stormfront full force hit her with electricity. She get, did get thrown back. Mm-hmm. It's not like she just absorbed it. But I, was I figured thinking that too. Though. I figured she was drawing her energy from Stormfront in this particular scene. Interesting. I don't see why she wouldn't be able to, because um, Stormfront uses electricity. Yeah. Yeah. To impact the world around her. It's she lo- physically pushes electricity out of her. So, and Starlight's whole thing is that she takes electricity out of things. So, yeah, Luffy versus Inuru. It's the perfect, yeah. perfect enemy. You would think, but like, I, I don't, I mean, it didn't, I thought them fighting would have went differently because honestly, a one-on-one Stormfront would have absolutely ruined Starlight. Well, two-on-one, she's fucking them up. Um, yeah, even, yeah. She throws them both back, Kimiko and Annie. And Huey goes, Annie. It's like, bro, she's a soup. She's fine. Worry about yourself. <laughs> um, and this is the I, I saw a lot of hate on Reddit about this. It wasn't hate. It was just like, this is kind of dumb, which I don't know. But Frenchies goes quick to the car, the RPG. It's our only hope. He like screams. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. And Stormfront immediately. What does she do? Blows she blows up. it up. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I think she was going to blow it up. Do you anyway. have like a quote unquote issue? I don't know if it is an issue, but what like. They I were mean, like, oh, that was it's a not dumb like, thing to say. Like, why don't you just tell her your plan? And okay. then she makes... Then okay, she, I guess. I think she was going to make it explode She's also anyway. in the heat of the moment, like, fighting. Like, she might not have heard, but fuck it. I think it's a fair criticism, but I don't know. It doesn't really ruin anything for me. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't ruin anything. She was going to fuck him up. Any, I, I assume the RPG wasn't going to work since just, his, his gas bomb against Cindy didn't work. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just thought like I just think that maybe it's just like a movie thing where it's like okay, well, if Frenchie had just started turning around and running to the car, would people have known that he was trying to get the RPG? Like, let's just have him say what he's grabbing, just so people aren't confused by that. Who knows? But regardless, yeah, RPG's done for now. So all all hope is definitely getting lost at this point in time with Starlight and Kimiko getting their asses kicked I mean, as well. And you know what we see right after that? Kimiko was kicking the shit out of Stormfront. Oh it was yeah. just slamming her head in the gravel over and over. But then Stormfront, you know, gets the upper hand, gets behind her, and just snaps her neck. Dude. And I, for a second, I forgot she could heal. And I was like, oh my god. Oh wait, no, she's okay. No, I, I was okay, distraught. No, I 100% didn't know, forgot, 100% forgot she healed because I remember seeing the Amazon had posted some comment on a boy's post or something yep. saying like, you're going to dance on Kimiko's grave. On, that was the only thing I thought of. And I was like, uh, I can't believe I was just sitting there. I was like, I can't believe Amazon spoiled this. Like, yeah, why the fuck it, would they do it? It was the actress who plays Stormfront Instagram post. What's her name? Aya. Aya Cash. Aya Cash. Um, Which is like a rapper name. And she, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking Aya sweet Cash. rapper name. And she responded to it and she was like, what? Amazon video. That's an insane thing to say. Luckily, but yes. I, she, I agree. I thought she was dead for a second. Mm. And I was pissed. And I was gonna and I was saying I was gonna be pissed more pissed too, because I was like, she didn't get this like dramatic death. Like, her nep snack and we see Frenchie get angry for like a brief second, but like this is not a meaningful death. Like they're just gonna end Kimiko like this. Yeah, I but you know, but, yeah. none of the boys really reacted. They just the boys kind of pulled into a semicircle and started unloading at Stormfront, of course, mm-hmm. did nothing. It just pissed her off. Um they get tossed. Um, she's beating the shit out of Stormlight. 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 Fucking mixing them together. Starlight. Starlight. And then she's walking up, about to finish her off. And Queen. Hey, Kraut, turn around. Right hook to the face. The electric guitar comes in. I was going to say, the music right here. I even right now am getting like amped. I swear. Me too, dude. I got chills. Last in five minutes the first time I watched it. I had to keep rewatching that that transition to the heavy metal music coming in. It was just like perfect for Maeve, who just comes in and starts wailing on Stormfront. I was so hyped. I couldn't couldn't keep it together. It was such an amazing scene. Stormlight again. <laughs> Starlight and Kimiko get up, and it's just, you know, a tides of battle, man. Good old fashioned three way beatdown on a Stormfront. And, my- and, and Starlight has a crazy line. She's stomping on him, and she goes, Eat my shit, you Nazi bitch. <laughs> and I was like, Starlight, it was where funny. is this it coming was funny from? Just watching all three soups, just like beat on someone like because they were like beating on her like like any human would jump any other person you know it just looked so comical the way they were just kicking stormfront while they were down like i just thought that was funny for some reason girls do get it done okay and i do want to comment this so i actually i love this scene all the way through 100 percent. this room like i hate to keep saying this reminded me of this but um this was done so much better than what uh, avengers did in the final uh, movie. I, I don't. What was the last movie called? Endgame. Endgame. <laughs> it was like because when the like the girl Avengers all assemble, it was just so cheesy. It was just like this was so forced to the audience. Whereas this is just like a natural event turn of events where it was already Kimiko and uh, Starlight, and then Queen Maeve comes in, and then girls get it done. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, they do. But why couldn't Avengers do it as bad as like the Avengers forced that? Kind of I, scene on this them. scene was 
Uh, this is but I like, was like, fuck yeah, Frenchie. Girls do get it done. Like, this is so sweet. This might be top three favorite moments in the show for me. Honestly. Yeah, it's up there, honestly. It's up there. Stormfront getting the shit kicked out of her eventually. She says, yeah, I fuck love this. Seeing that. Flies away. Uh, and they just kind of all nod at each other. Like, That's we did a good job. We did good here. <laughs> fucking bad. The, the silence is so funny. Yeah. Fucking cracks me up. Because like we were saying, like the music's awesome. Like it's all this action and then Stormfront flies away. And then they're all kind of looking at each other and there's really no, no one's yeah. saying anything. There's no music anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we cut away to Homelander walking out of the cabin and boy, oh boy, is he covered in blood. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty safe to assume all those guards are dead. <laughs> he, uh, Tony Starr posted a pic on Instagram of Homelander in this makeup mm-hmm. before the season ever came out. And I was like, oh, like here's a little sneak peek. And the fact that it was eight not eights. like meaningful people's blood. It was just like these eight soldiers blood yeah. that he's covered <laughs> in. It's just so like funny to me. Yeah. I don't know why. So he walks out and he's looking pissed. We cut away to Stormfront who finds Becca Butcher and Ryan mm-hmm. running through the woods. Butcher says, how the fuck are you still alive? Stormfront's like, come here, Ryan. This was badass. Butcher gets tossed immediately after he tries shooting her. Mm-hmm. Stormfront slowly walking up to Becca, spitting some nasty shit, I'm, I'm sure. Like to watch the lights go out. And Becca, with the knife real quick, just pops her in the eye. Yeah. And she screams in so much pain. I was like, fuck, it. girls do get it done. <laughs> Every single bit that, of damage that you've taken has come from all like all girls. Mm-hmm. They've just fucked Hell yeah. Up. Just she some, fucks her eye up. That would hurt so much. Some I'm gonna, badass women. I'm going to put this in now because me and Paul had like a second. I wanted to hear what he had to say about it, but we didn't really have a chance to. Does that knife actually pierce the eye of a superhero? Like that's, does a regular old knife work on a superhero like that? If they're fucking bulletproof and then a regular old kitchen knife is going to stab you in the eye. Like that was my only I, issue with this. Scene. Every boss has a weak point. You know, video games have taught me that. Yeah, I get like an eye could be a weak spot. Like. That's how I would take it. Yeah, I guess. But I was just I like, mean, I don't know. I'm not going to nitpick that. I understand that, but yeah. No, that was my only also, um, Other than that, I was totally, like, I was hyped to see it happen, though. Comic uh, Stormfront does lose his eye. His uh, eye, yeah, But in the cool. comics, Kimiko rips it out with her bare hands. Fuck yeah, that's Which awesome. I think I would have been more satisfied with because Kimiko, you know, had every reason to deal a, a finish, like a, a deadly blow to mm. Stormfront. Yeah, but without absolu- a doubt. But absolutely fine with Becca doing it the way she did as well. Yes. Amazingly sweet. Mm. Stormfront pissed off, grabs her by the throat, pins her against a tree, starts killing her, says the line creepily that Dave said, uh, look at me. I like to see the light go out, which is with horrible. her one eye. <laughs> yeah, Butcher is firing rounds into Stormfront's back, which at this point is just a waste of ammunition. We Knife know this. Works, <laughs> Ryan is screaming, "Stop! Stop! You're hurting her!" Eventually, some hate starts to boil up in his heart, and his eyes start to glow. He lasers the shit out of everybody, mm-hmm. and it cuts away to black, and we get butcher slowly coming to pulling his uh, face off of the we leaves see some, yeah some smoke coming off the leaves just to, so we know that they're ryan caused some damage and we hear stormfront speaking in german he gets up walks over to her she's looking straight out of star wars revenge of the I sith like anakin 
like completely burned up, missing two legs and an arm, just like Anakin as well. I loved seeing her in that state, to be honest. Oh, just so like satisfying. seeing her like just losing her mind slowly. She's speaking only in German. I love seeing her be so weak at this point in time. She's fuck her. Great character. Great character. Just fuck her character, her personality. Oh, yeah. She went from teaching Ryan about white genocide to getting her ass kicked by those our yep. three badass chicks to now Love. just like a flaming, just like burned husk of a person in like about 15 minutes. And it was wonderful. It Love was it. so satisfying because mm-hmm. she's done that to so many people, I'm sure. But on the other spectrum of it, we see that Becca, unfortunately, has also taken some damage from the, the beams. It looks like it had cut her throat a little bit and blood was pouring out. And- Ryan... Ryan Ryan's was like, freaking. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Ryan's I didn't freaking mean to. Butcher runs over to her, tries to press the wound a little bit, and she's gives her final words. Yeah. Give Carl Urban an Oscar for fucking he did this. I well, honestly was thinking that too. When like an Emmy, I'm sorry. We've no, seen no. a lot of like I mean, obviously acting is what we've seen a lot of, but like in this exact moment, I was I wanted to see Butcher really feel hurt, and we definitely see that with Carl Urban's performance here. Like he did a stand-up job right there. Becca too. You know, you have to let him know that it wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. Like promise me you will raise him. I'm going to start crying right now. Honestly, It was, <laughs> it was touching, man. Somebody was definitely cutting onions when I was watching. Yeah. She, Butcher just kind of looking up and just screaming, like help us, somebody help us. I was like, fuck man. Yeah, it was so I, cause I did personally did not expect Becca to die this very episode. I guess like, I might have just slipped that it was the season finale and that we should have been geared up for some big deaths, but I was not expecting Becca to be one of them. In hindsight, um, going back to the scene where Butcher tells Becca, hey, don't come. I'm glad that he did do that because he would basically try to like, I'm sure he would like kill himself in his own mind saying I should have like tried to stop her at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so for his sake, I'm glad he at least attempted to, but there, I mean, he wasn't going to stop her. There's nothing yeah. he could do. And so, uh, her, uh, Becca's, uh, she actually falls unconscious and like is dead in his arms. Unconscious. Yeah. She's yeah. dead as fuck. And he <laughs> absolutely goes from depressed as fuck to angry as fuck real quick. Like, I guess in that last moment, Becca's words went over his head because he picks up the crowbar. And I was nervous. Is eyeing up Ryan. Like I've never seen anyone eye up someone before. Like, holy shit. Butcher was pissed. Yeah. And I really thought something was going to happen. I thankfully. Did. And this is probably the first time I've ever said thank, like thankfully for Homelander showing up. Because <laughs> yeah. Homelander thankfully shows up and prevents Butcher from doing the dirty. Yeah. Deep. I don't know if it would have happened. I, it looked like it was going to happen. It looked like it. I don't but, think it would have happened. I'd like to think it wouldn't have happened, but yeah. we get the this. only person that could have ever taken that anger, Butcher's anger and redirected it to them. Like if anyone else, but Homelander showed up, he still would have been so pissed at Ryan, but it just so happened to be the only person that he hates more in that moment than Ryan. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. Amazing. So we get this incredible shot of Homelander slowly landing over Stormfront's body. And yeah, which I just thought was really cool because they showed this as a preview for the boys before the season even came out. And I just thought it fit in so nicely to the show because it showed him with this look of worry on his face. And we didn't see that all season. Mm -hmm. I was, and now we see him actually, you know, 
hovering over somebody that he cares about and is sad and covered in somebody else's blood completely. <laughs> yeah. He sniffles, but he does not cry. He doesn't cry because he's a man. Uh, he says, Ryan, did you do this? He was like, mm, yeah, I didn't mean to. And now he's kind of, now he's given the butcher look to yeah. Ryan. He's, he's like, like I'm all right, fucking kill you. Come with me. And Ryan walks over to Butcher. Loved it. Let's go. Yes, I was so hyped. And Butcher kind of looks at him and then he looks just, at Homelander. And he says, like, no. I fucking love that. Yeah. So brief, but oh my God, yes. Homelander's reaction is to start laughing like a maniac. Yeah, maniac. And just... that is the best acting I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> Homelander is so good that this show... I'm sure it would succeed without him, but it just brings him to another level. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Time. Like we talk about it a lot. We've talked about it multiple times this episode with Tony Starr, but I, just bravo! Like unbelievable. That laugh of him covered in blood was like it was so unsettling. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He goes on to say, like he's mine. Like what are you gonna blow yourself up to save this little shit that murdered your wife? <laughs> <laughs> he knows exactly what to do. Yeah. But she says, you know, I promised, and. Homelander being crazy son of a bitch. Have it your way. Is going to murder this man in front of his son, which he is trying to raise. But of course, we get a nice little stop. Is she the goat right now? I think Maeve is more of a ninja than Black Noir because (laughs) we get get that she is sneaky as fuck. She's able to sneak up behind Stormfront without her noticing and sneaking up behind Homelander. I'm sure there was enough going through Homelander's mind or he wasn't paying attention to her sneaking up. Ninja Maeve, though. Anyway, turns around. She's right there. <laughs> Stop. You're going to leave him alone and shows in the video. Yeah. Says you're going to leave him alone. You're going to stop hunting Starlight and leave me and Elena alone. Those and, are the terms. Yeah. And he, or I show this to everybody. Mm. If you do that, I'll destroy everything and everyone. Great, as long as everyone sees how much of a fucking monster you are, as long as no one ever loves you again. Like, holy fuck! Yeah, when Homelander replied, I'll murder everything and everyone, definitely felt like he was going to do that. But then Maeve does hit him in his... This this is probably his weakness, is the fact that he wants to be loved. So she uses that to her advantage. Is like, no one's going to love you. Like, Mm -hmm. as we alluded to earlier in this podcast episode, like, Homelander... You know, with the paparazzi and everything, like when we were talking about that scene, like that's what he, he lives for. Yeah, he lives for it, and this this scene really shows why he was feeling the opposite way. In his head, he's hearing the crowd chanting "Homelander," yeah, Homelander, and, and he's like, "Shit, I'm not going to have that anymore." Like, yep, never mind. <laughs> yep, exactly. That was just an amazing touch. That was just such a well done little tidbit they threw in there to just really drive that home. Mm-hmm. I, because we know Homelander does whatever the fuck he wants, mm-hmm. right? Why would he not at the end of the episode? Why would he not just kill Butcher? (laughs) This is why. Because I mean, it's a perfect way to it's his weakness. It's his other weakness. Mm -hmm. So Butcher and Ryan just slowly walk away, walk past him, and Homelander's left alone there with a crisp corpse of Stormfront and blood all over him. Uh, I guess now would be a good time to talk about it. Do we think Stormfront is a hundred percent dead? No. I I got thought I, she did up until you asked me that question, right? I now. completely got Kyle, I don't know what it was. I'm with you. I don't think she's dead. Like that death She gonna be Darth Vader? 
She's going to get mean, rebuilt. Think about it. Kimiko can regenerate pretty quickly. Like, I mean, she might not have that direct ability, but wouldn't someone had fought, like if they brought her body back, if she was still hypothetically alive when they brought her body back, could they just inject her with a, a soup's power that could just heal her again? Because we never see her physically die. She is just crazy, right? Like, she, yeah, her eyes I would never say close. that. Yeah. I, I yeah, she's never sh- confirmed. So, so I wanted that to goes, pitch that now. That goes well into the next scene we get because the next scene we get is Stan Egger at a press conference with Homelander, Maeve, and Starlight behind him, and he's saying, uh, "We have come to the conclusion that Stormfront was behind Washington. She was behind everything that happened." Never says she's dead. Exactly, she never says, says she's, she's being held in an undisclosed location. Um, thanks to Heroes, Maeve, and Starlight, which mm-hmm. they give them credit for apprehending her. So, like you said, fuck. I don't I, think this is... I've, I I want this to be the end of Stormfront, but I unfortunately don't think this is. I feel like they would have showed us her dead. Exactly. Like, we would have seen her, like, a burial or something. Like, even just her eyes closing and her body just going numb, but nope. Like, the whole time she's talking in German and then transitions to now. Which I wonder what she was saying in german i hope somebody translates that and yeah german's a little rough. yeah i've been i've been binge watching the shit out of dark i watched like the last two seasons like a week but it it wasn't i couldn't i couldn't so do it for you i'm sorry something about yeah sorry it was definitely something uh was das scheiße oh you're getting that yeah. i got some of those words down <laughs> i mean that's 10 percent of their conversations it's i feel like so. league in their office scheiße come on so edgar goes on to say Due to Stormfront's atrocities, the release of Compound V has been on an indefinite hold. Mm-hmm. So this is what makes me v. like question whether Stormfront will be a part of season three. You know, if they bring her back alive, because the only reason for them to bring her back alive is if she's useful yeah. to Vought. And Vought's use for her, like Edgar spells out, is that she's, you know, sows hate and division which drives up their sales of compound v this situation is putting the sale of v on hold i don't see off the top of my head right now how bringing her back helps vaught sell more v and especially with the fact too that i mean stan himself is you know a black man so yeah he has he definitely has doesn't want a nazi running around loose anymore. and they've they've already bra- they branded her as a traitor i mean she is the terrorist that killed the people in washington so as yeah, maybe as, exactly. If they do bring her back, maybe she'll have some low position like Lamplighter did. Of he was literally like a disposal man. Maybe her and Homelander just go rogue, you know, just like don't even work for Vaught anymore. They just literally do whatever the fuck they want. Maybe maybe they just use her as a breeding horse <laughs> for soup, Jesus. Horse and yeah. they just have Homelander banger. And I wouldn't put it below Vaught. Have her pump like out just soup babies. I wouldn't put it. Well, well, her daughter wasn't a soup, but I guess her husband wasn't a soup. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Good catch, Kyle. I I would get. I mean, but I mean, they. But then Homelander and Becca. I mean, they was a father who was a soup, mother who wasn't had a soup. Yeah. So I wonder if two soups bang, um, then they'll get both powers. I don't know. This is all skeptical. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Yeah. Also, I mean, now that I just remember this, we're speaking about Becca having a soup baby. Uh, in the comics, Becca does die by lasers, but she dies way worse. So the baby that's inside of her lasers its way out of her. Oh, okay. So what they say at the end of season one, what Vogelbaum says is true. In the comics, Becca does die because yes. the baby basically worked its way out. 
which is yep. horrible. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Comics are dark as fuck. So Edgar gives the stand over to Homelander, who likes to say, I'd like to apologize to Starlight for accusing her uh, of being a traitor. Uh, I was wrong. And thank you to you and Maeve uh, for apprehending Stormfront. You two are the best and most loyal friends I could ever have, which is so ironic. Bullshit. And he goes on to give a speech to the audience like, we are heroes. We are here to protect you. The fact that Stormfront broke this trust where it's like Homelander's not here to protect you. He doesn't give a fuck. And it just zones out and you just hear white noise in his head and lifeless eyes staring through a camera. This is insane. amazing. Amazing that he was able to pull off that look somehow. Um, and it's, it's just it's, like. It's <laughs> I just like such a great way to show how the fuck he's actually feeling. Like we know he's lying. It's obvious that he's lying because we know Homelander, but just that zoom in into the, like the whole screen at that point is just his crazy fucking eyes. And it's just like, this dude is not defeated. Like they kind of caged him, but season three Homelander is about to be wild. I can't even imagine what his motives and goals are now. Um, So we get real quick, a train and the deep in the office of uh, Alistair and the Church of the Collective. Oh my God, Alistair comes in. The scene is so phenomenal, and not only from a comical <laughs> standpoint, but yeah, we'll get to it in a sec, I guess. But Alistair I comes it. in. Hello, gentlemen. The deep goes, always happy to see you, sir. How you doing? Yeah, and A-Train's just like, fuck you, man. <laughs> he rolls his eyes like, this dude is dick-sucking hard. Alistair goes on to say, okay, boys, uh, we have had an incident. Um, somebody has broken in into confidential information and released it. They've broken into our PDR and released it to the world. A train's like PDR. What is that? It's a private data reserve. Uh, they came in and no one saw them come and go. Isn't that right? A train. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Dude, that was you, sir. I swear I had no idea. Fuck, fuck him. him. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> Deep just riding dick so hard. I love that that line mm-hmm. so so much. Uh, a train is like, hey, let me explain. To which Alistair says, "Toxic." It showed initiative. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I think that you might have a position in the seven. <laughs> he says the firm, the church needs to take a firm anti-Nazi stance, and I think that you bringing out that information about stormfront really bolstered the church in the public's eyes so he was happy for it which is literally made me think of ted at the grocery store yeah yeah, he was like i (laughs) fucked her on a turnip that i sold to a family of four he was like that takes balls (laughs) we need balls yeah we need them so he says you're back and they're like yeah fuck yeah the deep high five and them they're like yeah yeah awesome what about me yeah i'm back in too right i'm (laughs) anti-nazi and he uh alistair gives him the line that egger gave to him uh one is forgiveness but two is weakness unfortunately they only had a slot for one and a train's like well fuck this like i'm out of here like later yeah i got what i wanted and deep on the other end deeps going you you chose him over me and they're a train's like fuck yeah they did like later he dips and the deep you almost feel bad but not really 
because it's so funny. <laughs> I feel bad. He's like, you guys set me up with this girl who's fucking bad at sucking dick. Like, uh, I sign over my bank account to you. Yeah, well, I, he when he said that, that was what he said first, I think, right? And I was just like, mm-hmm. a shake. I literally was shaking my head watching. I was like, deep. What are you doing, man? You don't just sign your bank account over to someone. Yeah. Well, I, that's um, that's what I'm thinking when Edgar asks Alistar earlier when he's like, "What you know? What commission? What cut is the church taking?" And I would assume that when these superheroes get back on their feet and making money, that now the church, like from now on, if the deep got back into the seven, the church would make forty to fifty percent of what he, the income that he brings in. Right. Which yeah. at this point, I was thinking that's that Alistair may have actually caused Washington and popped all those heads because if vault goes under the church goes under, because that's where they get all their money is getting mm-hmm. these superheroes up. Um, boy, was I wrong? So the deep goes, you know, you promised me, you fucking said, you promised me you're going to get in. Alistair's, you know, we'll, we'll sign you up for some more level seven courses, you know, fuck. I, I don't want to take any more fucking courses, you know, deep, you're sounding like a toxic personality. Why you gotta be so toxic? I think you should leave. Deep furious stomps out and gets to the door, turns around and goes, fuck Fresca. <laughs> <laughs> the meanest thing he could have said. It, yeah. I was like, if you're gonna say if you're gonna end something, if you're gonna get hit a one liner as you're quitting your job or whatever, yeah, fuck Fresca hits yeah. right deep into Alistair's like heart. Worse than pissing on his desk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we cut away to Starlight and Huey, and they're on a park bench. I don't know if it's the park bench. I don't think it is. No, it's think. definitely not. It's not. But they have a nice little uh, conversation here. We get Starlight wearing the necklace, and she goes on to say, if Butcher can do the right thing, maybe there is a higher power out there. <laughs> so she, her faith is coming back a little bit, all because of Butcher. Um, and they, they're kind of talking about what they're going to do. If if uh, Huey asks Starlight, are you excited to go back? She says, no, not at all. But, you know, I kind of need to. If you let the assholes drive and jump ship, you're part of the problem, which I really like. Like, she doesn't like being in Vought, but she feels it's her responsibility to be there and try to fix it from the inside. Just control the damage and try to do them the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Fix it from the inside. Um, and she said she goes on to say, somebody taught me something about not giving up. And that's uh, you, Hugh, baby. Finding your second win, baby. Mm-hmm. And they have a little smoochy smooch, which I loved. And they talk about their future a little bit. Well, well Huey goes, you know, um, I've been thinking maybe I am too clingy and maybe it's uh, time for me to go out there and stand on my own two feet for once. And Starlight is hears this and she's like, oh, my God. Um, OK, uh, I understand. Um, that's cool. We can just be friends. Oh, God, no, I'm still going to cling to you. I'm not fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, was, <laughs> I, like, out loud said, thank God. I was like, Huey, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Like, yeah, me and, uh, me and Kathleen watched, I think we want to watch on the same day or the same night, and we were talking about it, and that was, like, a scene we super hit on was, like, I was, like, freaking out that Huey and Starlight were going to, like, end this season not together. Uh, we got a little bit more making out, some uh, snogging for those butcher fans out there <laughs> um and then starlight eventually says so if you weren't talking about me like who were you talking about cuts over to butcher butcher and ryan they're staring at the river just not saying a word uh, uh, brian says eventually i'm scared to which butcher just stares for a while then eventually he reaches around his neck pulls out a necklace 
and says, this belonged to your mom. It's St. Christopher. She gave it to me a long time ago. She said it would keep me safe, and it has, mostly. Now your For mom- all my dark friends out there, your hype as fuck at this scene because that necklace is a dope necklace because St. Christopher is the patron saint of travelers. Well, there you go. Uh, Two dark references this episode. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, now your mom is going to keep you safe. So Grace pulls up, and they stand up. They go over. What did I now remember what I told you? Don't be a cunt. (laughs) (laughs) The best advice you could give. Oh, my God, Butcher. You are just so good. It was such a man. It was young. It was such a good little comic relief in such a sad moment. It was amazing. Uh, So uh, Ryan gets in the car. Grace is talking to Butcher saying, like, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, You know. You always have a place with us. Yeah, you always have a place with us. Goes on to say all the charges of against you and the boys have been wiped, even the crimes you did commit. Um, Newman, actually, Congresswoman Newman uh, has with her new position some power where she's sneaking us some funding off the books to have an office to keep the soups in check. Are you interested? And Butcher, without saying a word, just puts on his sunglasses and walks away. I took that as a yes. Oh, that's a hell that's yeah. A, that was a hell yeah. He wants to kill some soups. <laughs> One of the best scenes we get, though. I mean, real quick, Homelander is out there still, so obviously the person he hates most, he still needs to get rid of. So if he has every reason to join Mallory. Yeah, he still has drive. We get M.M., Walking Yay. up to his front door, holding the teddy bear. Yeah. He's going home to his wife and daughter, and I was just so happy for him. He's smiling. Um, we go to Frenchie and Kimiko, another scene. They're still living in the Haitian King's hideout, it looks like. No, I thought I was getting the impression they were moving out. Oh, maybe they were. But it also, I mean, who who knows? They could still be living there. I just assume, like, because, like, you know, they're grabbing each other's hands. They're dancing on their way out. Well, I just thought it was, like, a new start. They're giving them their... their hand language sign language conversation yeah oh, that's she, another thing. frenchy goes you know come with me where are we going we're going dancing like, <laughs> fuck yeah man you're so smooth the frenchy. only reason i thought that they weren't living there still is because i mean it's the, the way they exited with all the lights going out it made it seem like this was a close on this chapter for them like mm-hmm. let's go find somewhere else that's awesome i hope they get together but right yeah. now they kind of seem like just brother and sister yeah. like friends oh it'll get there um so one of the best shots we get in the entire show, we get Homelander, and it looks we don't, we're not sure what he's doing. It's kind of zoomed in on his face, but there's some sexual sounds there, <laughs> and he's going, "I can do whatever I want." No, you got to say, like "I he can does. do whatever I want. I can do whatever the fuck I want." <laughs> and as it zooms out, we just see Homelander pants around his ankles, jacking it over the city. What an amazing shot! I think I mean, I'm, come I'm on, look me right in the eye right now and tell me that if you didn't have his powers, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. You want to go up there? <laughs> Fly up there, just do whatever you want, man. But this is, I feel like, a completely different Homelander than we've seen these past two seasons. So I'm interested to see where his character comes, what his character becomes in the next season. It's really funny that you say that because that was actually a scene that was supposed to be in season one. Oh, really? But it got deleted and cut out of it, and then they found a way to get it into this season. Mm. Good. That's, I'm so happy they did. I mean, both ways, they mean something a, a little bit different in both scenes. Like, in the beginning, it's oh, yeah. him proving that 
he's you know can do whatever one whereas here it's just like i feel like this is more of like him trying to patch things up with himself like an internal thing nothing not, to, not so much a flex nothing to make you feel better than a nice little shot of dopamine after a yeah <laughs> so we get a scene with alistair and newman and they're on the phone and alistair says congratulations on the new appointment and congresswoman got a raise she got a little hot right kyle she is the uh, she is the new czar of the office of super affairs yep yeah so this is the appoint uh role that mallory was talking about to butcher the scene before mm-hmm. uh alistair or i'm sorry newman says to alistair uh we know it was your intel that took Sto- uh, stormfront down so thank you for doing that uh he goes on to say we have enough dirt to take down you know 100 soups and we are happy to help you as long as you exempt the church from you know that tax status and newman's just like you know we'll be in touch uh you're one of the good ones vic and he hangs up and he's feeling good about himself fresca by the side pops the fresca and then pop goes the head and i was like holy shit i thought this guy was going to be a big stan edgar level power that was going to be a big key component in season three and he's dead that's something that we've hit on on multiple episodes and especially last episode or maybe even two episodes ago of saying like the church are these big major players like are they like creating their own seven and then this dude's heads popped at the end of season two and it's like well never mind game of thrones vibe to the max where it's just like you expect this character to be big in the later episodes later seasons but they end up dying and this was huge this was absolutely massive to the church the collective there's just I'm interested to see where that whole scene. Ends I wonder up if Carol is going to step up now and become the new head or something like. I that. I don't know because it crumble. seems like it's a it's a family affair because his grandfather was the one who started it. I th- believe they mentioned his father before him as well as being you know the leader or the CEO or whatever, what have you. So I guess that'll be an interesting maybe part of season three. I mean, maybe his son comes in and is an even better character. Yeah. So it zooms out. We get the culprit to give the reveal that it was Congresswoman Newman. And I, what? Dude, that shit was fucking. We we had, we had listed a lot of names last podcast episode. Congress Newman, I believe, was not no, one of them. No, absolutely that, not. This is the kind of content that drives the boys to be what it is. It's just these things that you don't expect to come that happened and Un- it's just like unguessable what is her I, i'm literally i saw that scene happen it's it's revealed congress New- newman woman <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited right now because i just can't formulate thoughts but what is her freaking goal man we don't have i don't have i couldn't even think of what her goal so is. what i am thinking is her whole motive is to shut down bought to stop the release of Compound V and basically to stop superheroes from being made. Okay. But she herself has powers. Mm-hmm. So what I believe that well, the first thought that I had, she's trying to get rid of, of the all the competition, yep. get rid of soups, make sure she's the only one. That's why she can't let anybody else know that she is the one popping heads. And eventually when there's no threat, She's slowly gonna just start taking over the world or something. No, if no one can pose a threat to her, then she will be the one on top of the world. I will um, first apologize to uh, everyone on the crew and all our fans. Uh, I was way too busy simping over Congresswoman Newman. 
to ever <laughs> think that she could do something like this. Yeah. Um, but there actually are people out there that did theorize this, um, like well-explained, like figured out everything. And when you actually think about all the puzzle pieces, it was not obvious, but it all makes a ton of sense. So one of the big things they talked about was um, how the first time we see her this season, see her, see her, she's having the rally and Homelander shows up and she's like very nervous that he's there and we're all taking it like a normal person. Like, hey, Homelander's a fucking maniac. Like he can do whatever. And mm-hmm. so people went back and looking at it and you see that like Ashley is basically telling him like, don't go, don't do anything crazy. And he leaves, which was an unexpected act. So people were basically saying that she was told that he wouldn't be there so she could do whatever she wanted, basically say whatever she wanted. And then when you look at the courtroom scene, her eyes are going like everywhere, like I, looking around. Mm-hmm. So I, people I, were like, okay, that's her popping the heads and stuff. But I when you're talking see- about like... um what her motive is essentially what people say is that she is controlled opposition so she is the coup from the inside for vaught when rayner says that earlier in the season Mm. um so they tell rayner that kenji the super terrorist came in on a boat through a port and that is the basically piece of information where rayner's like fuck like it's a coup from the inside so congresswoman newman is on the House Judiciary Committee, which oversees the Department of Homeland Security, which oversees the ports in the United States. Mm -hmm. So Congresswoman Newman used her clout to get Kenji in through the port. Mm. And Rayner knew that it was someone in the government that was basically facilitating these things happening. Once she makes that realization, Newman pops her head. Mm. Oh, so my theory was just absolute shit. <laughs> but that's basically, insane. yeah. So that she makes, is like there. The, Vaught has yeah. Vaught has players on both sides of the game, so that no matter what happens, they come out on top. You know, so controlled opposition is you know a strategy where essentially a movement is co- covertly controlled by a third party that is also a part of the opposite party. Mm-hmm. So basically, her role is that she has all of the information. So when the boys. Uh, I guess what two episodes ago when they're talking about uh, Lamplighter, like they give all of the information that they have to Newman to try to get Vaught. So now she has all that information. So she just throws it in the trash because she just burns rides with Vaught. You know, now the church of the collective just told her that they have all of this information on all these soups. So now she'll just next season, take Uh all the information, set it on fire. So no one can have it. Cause she said, he says like, we have basically, we can bury Stan Edgar. And if she's working with Stan Edgar, she's working with Vaught, then it's like, okay, well, thank you for wow. telling me that. That makes sense. I The reason I thought she wasn't with Vaught is because she killed so many Vaught members in the courtroom. Like, when she killed Shockwave, I was like, Vaught wouldn't kill one of their own assets that's going to make them money. But, I mean, if they're trying to cover their trail, like we discussed earlier, it just makes sense. I mean, it worked perfectly. The scene with the Department of... I mean, with the Secretary of Defense, he literally says... You know, she says that they did that to cover their own tracks. And he says, I agree with you. So, so that's like basically why, why the top think- guy in the country dealing with defense agrees with Newman that it's Vaught is the one doing it, but we'll never find out that it's her. Gotcha. And that's why when Alistair says we can take them all down, she's like, well, no, you can't because you're dead. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Hmm. So we go to the last scene, which there's still Newman in it. She's walking back into her office. It's her whole um, campaign office, it seems like. And Hugh Campbell's there. She goes, Hugh, uh, I don't know how we can repay you. Like, thank you for all you did. He goes, 
I can think of a way. Uh, you can give me a job. Are you serious? Uh, what about like your team that you work with? And he was like, I, I, uh, I never really quite fit in with those guys. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I still want to fight Vought. I just want to, you know, fight Vought in the legal way, the right way. Uh, he goes, uh, yeah, I never quite fit in. And now I want to stand on my own two, two feet. Uh, when can you start? And she closes the door and cue Billy Joel. End of season two. That's what, a wrap. And what a way to end it, dude. It's nothing but a classic. Nothing but she is just worrisome, man, because the whole big bad of the first two seasons is like we know that Vaught and Homelander and the whole compound V shit is corrupt, like openly corrupt. The boys know that they're corrupt, so they're going after them. They trust Newman unconditionally. Like Rainer is in Newman's back pocket, which is a fucking issue. And now Huey is going to be in her back pocket. It's going to be so interesting to see how they find out about her and then what the steps are to basically take her down. I have no fucking idea. That was going to be my comment is I'm really interested to see how they find out that it's all been, um, I keep thinking Rainer, not Rainer, Congresswoman Newman, but yeah, um, I mean, I guess Huey, Huey's going to be there. I mean, quote unquote, their mole, their inside man, I guess. The only thing that got patched this season was <laughs> like shipping Stewie. Honestly, I feel like we're just we have more questions now than we ever have with the boys. I mean, Homelander, I'm a little curious to see what his motives are. I'm sure it's just to get love in the public eye again. Just like everyone, I just like Stormfront. I'm interested to see if she comes back. I'm interested to see what happens to the Deep now that he got completely rejected by the the Seven. You know, there's so many things to look forward to in this upcoming season. That Cindy, Cindy was the biggest red herring on the face of the that planet. That was also another person too that we thought Cindy was the one popping heads. Clear, obviously uh, not. She her. has to come back into play though because she hitchhiked and she's yeah. going to be. I was like super feeling. I'm, I'm almost sure of it. All right. I was sure of a lot of things and I was wrong. And I can't. Yeah. And I'm can't wait. I definitely think that season three, Huey's mom, like we talked about. I mean, I feel like that has to be a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be upset if it's just the fact that she left. And um, I have a little, uh, a little bang kill Mary. If uh, we want to run through this real quick. Always. Always. So it's a little bit different this time. We're going to do a bang kill Mary, but with couples. Okay. Okay, so it's going to be basically... Am I hopping in on a three-way is what you're you're, presenting, or it's just like we're all... It's reverse Mormon marriage. Okay, Okay, so, and three-way, and you're going to be killing two people. Okay. All right? Got it. So the first couple is... Stewie. Kimiko and Frenchie. Mm, Love that couple. (laughs) I would love to live with Kimiko and Frenchie. Then we got Stewie, Starlight and Huey. Mm-hmm. And then Butcher and Becca. Murder that. You would murder Butcher and Becca? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to take a minute to pause on this one. Do you guys have an answer? Because I actually really need to think about this one. <laughs> um, Kyle, do you have one? You got to think? All right. I'll go first then. <laughs> so I am going to marry frenchie and kimiko because i want frenchie in the kitchen i want frenchie around me at all times because whenever i'm sad he's going to make me feel better and i want kimiko around me because i know i'm going to be safe as hell with her around so i'm marrying those two and then this is where it gets tough because okay do i want to bang starlight and huey or do i want to bang butcher and becca 
Eh, I might have to go butcher Becca. Oh my God. Becca is so beautiful. I think I'm going to have to bang those two. And I just want to hear what butcher yells into the throes of passion with his <laughs> English accent. And then I guess I have to kill Starlight and Huey. Controversial. Definitely don't want to do it, but I have to do it. I can follow that up. Uh, I mean, I have the same answer. Uh, I would love to live with Frenchie. Uh, it would also be cool to just be in on like the secret language that the three of us can just use. I'm sure Kimiko would have time to teach me. We can learn together. Me and Frenchie, we're boys. We're cooking. Uh, and yeah, def, I would much rather be in a three-way with Butcher than Huey. <laughs> like without a doubt. You're probably I mean, maybe, you know, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, whatever. He can take the dominant positioned you know in it whatever you want to say because he's an alpha male but at the same time like i would just rather do that and yeah because i mean becca's i mean becca and starlight they're both beautiful but and then unfortunately huey and starlight will get the axe i think for a one night stand becca and butcher would be crazier sex than huey and starlight i feel like those two would be like kind of just like you know missionary kind I, of. i wish i was in that van when their reunion sex happened man however well, that sex was that was missionary but that however, was like we haven't seen each other however i'm going to diverse from the group i'm going to marry frenchie and kimiko because the the reasons you guys have given are three, obvious. three baby yeah that's just like an obvious choice for me i'm gonna be a part of starlight and huey's uh, one night you're gonna make your eyes light up yeah i would love that um i i don't know i've always i'm a big starlight fan so i think i would just you know i would lose it if i was in the same room as her so and jack wade of course so um i'm gonna have to bang those two and then kill becca and butcher because their relationship's also been they fight a lot so maybe in that like crazy hot after sex like you just get wrapped up in a fight so i don't want that <laughs> <laughs> all right there it is tough decision but a lot of good coming out of it all right all right all right so not necessarily a correction but we're going to leave you guys with one final fun fact the ones that we love so much so in the comic books, Victoria Newman is actually a man named Victor Newman, who is the vice president of the United States, still a vault puppet who they are trying to install as the president. So clearly Newman has clout and she, like we know, will play a big part in season three uh, and a little gender swap, just like we got with Stormfront. So a little interesting play, I guess, there from the, uh, the makers of the TV show. So throughout this episode, we talked a lot of solid boys content that we love and made us laugh. Uh, if you want more of that kind of stuff, you should definitely check out at homelander.memes and at lamplighter.memes on Instagram. They post consistent boys content that we at Bingetown like, and we think you guys would like it too. So Bingetown will be covering many different shows in the meantime while we wait for season three of The Boys. Fingers crossed it's soon, but who fucking knows, right? Uh, but right now, we're covering Netflix's Haunting of Bly Manor. We've got a recording going down soon. We'll start releasing episodes as soon as possible. So definitely check that out if you're following that show like we are. Uh, if you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple or Spotify so you can get updated with all of our latest episodes. That's all she wrote for the boys. Love you guys. R.I.P. Becca. <laughs>